Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you to the world of sports on this Saturday morning. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. Today's show, busy show, and as expected, of course, we're going to start with the Yankees. As Yankees, after a big win over the Indians in Game 5 to advance to the ALCS, Last night they had game one, a tough loss in Houston, 2-1. to one. We're going to go through the whole game. We're going to talk about last night's game. We're going to talk about the series with Cleveland, the series clinching win against Cleveland, and uh, how the Yankees advanced. And then we're going to get into last night's game, of course, which was a tough game, tough battle. And listen, when you come off a tough series like they did, usually that first game is always a game you come out a, you know, a little flat. But they, they actually, it was just a great pitch game. They actually were right there. They had a chance to win the game. You know, obviously, Keiko was dominant. So, you know, 5-2. to two, I mean, after winning 5-2 to two against Cleveland, Keiko last night, seven shutout innings and a 2-1 to one win. They got the home run the ninth by Bird. was really the only offense. Big play in the game was with Judge got the hit to left, and Marlon Gonzalez threw out Bird at the plate by like a – I mean, a perfect throw. You can't get any more perfect throw than that. So that was a big play in that game. We're going to break it all down and talk about it. We're going to talk about the, the, the cubs Dodgers series. Obviously, the Nationals lost a tough game five to the Cubs the other night, 9-8. Another great series that Baker, you know, made a lot of questionable moves. We'll get into that. Obviously, the Dodgers swept the Diamondbacks. So we'll get into that. all that stuff. We're going to do NFL picks at like 10-15. PDV will be joining us. We'll go through the NFL Week 6 picks. We'll talk about some of Week 5. We'll talk about Beckham's injury. And uh, we talk about the Giants. You said all in five, and they really look at bad. We talk about the big Jet Patriot game tomorrow, and the rest of the NFL news. Adrian Peterson traded to Arizona. We'll get into that as well. We may get into a little NBA and NHL later in the show. Obviously, Syracuse knocks off number two Clemson last night, 27-24. All that stuff today. We got a busy show. We're going to be bringing all this stuff to you today. But we are going to start with the Yankees.
A little, a little music for you Yankee fans out there. Listen, the Yankees are on a great run here. Nobody could have expected to even be this far. You know, obviously the big ALC has a game five win over Cleveland the other day. They got the Kluba twice. Didi with the two homers was, was big. Yankees bullpen was dominant after Cleveland cut it to three to two. Yankee bullpen came in and gave four and two-thirds scoreless innings after Sabathia was brilliant through four innings and then kind of started losing it in the fifth. Cleveland got four straight hits off him, made it 3-2, had two on, and then Robinson came in and got the big double play out of Lindor, which was the play of the game. And then the Yankees get two insurance runs in the ninth on the big clutch at bat by Gardner. He, he basically, 12, 13 pitches or something, battling, it, and it was a big at bat. And uh, obviously the Yankees chatting through two innings to close it out, and the Yankees 5-2 with a huge series victory that nobody's seen coming. So give the Yankees a lot of credit. I mean, you know, team battled back from down two nothing to get to this spot, and and to to win that game five to two, it was, it was just uh, you know, if it was, listen, after that second game when they blew the eighth lead, the Girardi missed call, everything. I don't think we were talking about it last week. Two games to nothing, nobody gave the Yankees a shot to come back in that series. And I think most Yankee fans thought they were done, and they were happy. You know, listen, we got this far, we got a young team, bright future. Made a nice run, but Cleveland, you know, is the better team, and look what happened. The Yankees kept battling. So, you got to give credit. Mean, Judge did have a record break of 16 strikeouts. He was 1 for 19 with 16 strikeouts in that series, which but he did look better last night. He had better at bats last night. So, maybe he'll be getting out of it. So, I don't know if they, they desperately need him to. But a lot of guys didn't even hit, and they beat Cleveland. I mean, you know, obviously, Judge 050 in the series. Sanchez was 174 in the series. He didn't hit much. You know, Didi obviously had the two big hits. Gardner was struggling until that three. He had three hits that day. You know, Hicks has been good. Castro has been good. Bird has three home runs now in the, in the, in the playoffs, so he's doing well. The Yankees have been getting great pitching the last few games. I mean, between Tanaka in game three against Cleveland, but Severino pitched great. Sabathia gave you four great innings, then he kind of came on good, but then the bullpen bailed him out. And then last night, Tanaka again pitched great. So, Yankees are getting great pitching. Their bullpen is great. So if they can keep doing that, I mean, listen, two to one last time of the game, they were right there. I mean, you never kind of watching the game and just how Houston was playing, their pitching, kind of had a hard. It was hard to the off the Yankees to win that game. I mean, Keiko owns the Yankees career wise. The Yankees gives the Yankees all kinds of problems. So it was kind of a game like you're watching. You kind of yeah, it was a good game. You know, obviously tight game, but it's kind of like a game you felt like. Houston was going to win. Like, it just had that feeling. A lot of times that happens after a tough five-game series. You know, the Yankees, they, they come out in game one, and, the, you know, the team that's been waiting usually comes out, you know, wins the game. But, you know, it was a game that, listen, that play at the plate, you know, you take that play at the plate now, you know, Bird's home run in the last inning, you know, that might have a tie game there. So, the Yankees were right there. Game two today is 4 8 first pitch. Verlander and Severino should be a beauty. And uh, I don't know, you know, definitely want to hear from some Yankee fans, 718-508-9883, to talk about the game and the series coming up. And, you know, obviously last night's game, looking at the box score from last night's game, obviously Tanaka, six innings, four hits, one walk, two two runs, three strikeouts, efficient, 89 pitches. And, and, you know, he he looked good. I mean, Tanaka made the pitches when he had those couple of deep flies, but both teams hit a couple of shots to the wall. That 409 in center field looks like uh, it almost feels like it's uh, almost impossible for somebody to hit it at him. But 
Judge, like I said, one for three. With a, with a walk yesterday, looked a little better at the plate. Sanchez 0 for 3. Gardner 1 for 3. Hits didn't hit much through the line. Bird had the two hits in the home run. Castro had a hit. But other than that, I mean, I mean Ellsbury, you know, I'm not a big Ellsbury guy. I, I think he's finished. I knew in the last inning when he came up that the game was over. I, I don't know why they put him up in that spot. But the guys that felt the lefty. But I, uh, to me, Ellsbury's garbage at this point. I'm sure most Yankee fans would agree with me on that one. Holiday getting his first start of the playoffs didn't do well either for three. You know, DDO for four. So, listen, it was a tough – sometimes you run into a pitch, especially a guy like Keiko who's got a lot of success against the Yankees. The seven innings, four hits, one walk, no runs, ten strikeouts. I mean, you know, dominant performance. There's not much you can do about that. And Giles, who threw 37 pitches in an inning and two-thirds, gave up the home run. But you got to wonder what his availability is for today's game. You know, I would think he would be able to pitch a little, but he's definitely going to pitch more than one inning. I would guarantee that. And I'm sure they would hope not even to go to him. They hope that the game's not close, so they don't even have to go to him. Verlander, Severino, you're looking at a great matchup. Verlander's been great since the trade to Houston. Severino's been great all year. He had the one bad outing against the Twins, obviously, in the wild card game, but bounced back nicely in the last game. The last game against uh, game four, he was like his hundred, his hundred and – 10 pitch or something was 100 miles an hour. So the guy still had it after all those pitches, so give him some credit. Severino bounced back nicely, and that's good for his psyche going forward that he was able to bounce back as well right there. So, listen, I think you can have a good series here. I think, you know, obviously the Altuve three hits again yesterday. I mean, the guy's just a hitting machine. Altuve. The guy's so small. You look at the guy. He's a great diving catch on DD, too. You look at the guy. He's so small, but, yeah, he makes all these great plays. Just a great player. Uh, Jose Altuve is going to win MVP most likely. Correa with a big hit. He's the best shortstop in baseball. Correa, one for four with a ribby. They scored the run on the Gloriel hit as well. So that, that was the two runs. I mean, you have the two runs for Houston in that one inning, and then in the fifth, and then the Yankees in the fourth, and then the Yankees with the one in the ninth. And that was pretty much the game. Nobody else really did much for Houston either. I mean, Bregman had a hit. And that was it. I mean, so you're talking about one team, you know, six hits to five hits. Nobody really hit at all. Either team didn't hit much. But Houston did just enough. And obviously, Keiko gave them a great game to take game one. But, again, it's one game. Yankees been down this world before, but they've been down. We'll see how they can bounce back in game two. Obviously, you don't, you know, you can't, you don't want to keep falling behind two games to nothing. So today is a huge game. But if the Yankees can still not steal today's game, you never know. Things could get a lot interesting. But even if they lose today, it's still two nothing coming back home. You know, obviously it's going to be tough. Houston's a tough team, and Houston's expected to win. They're the favorite in the series. So, you know, the Yankees are kind of playing with house money right now. You know, even if they don't advance, you know, they've had a great season. I mean, obviously you get to this point, you want to advance. So Dallas Keiko 4-0 in the postseason now with an 7 0 ERA, 25 innings, 31 to 8 K walk ratio. So it's just unbelievable what Keiko's done. And his dominance of the Yankees has been well documented. The Yankees really have a hard time against Keiko. So now the question is how much does he pitch? Does he pitch three games? Does one four and seven if needed? Or do they I guess it would depend on how the series is going, right? Because if Houston wins today, they probably wouldn't pitch Keiko in a game four if they were up two games to one even. But then they may to try to put the nail in the coffin. You never know. I mean, who knows how these coaches are thinking. But it don't always work when you pitch these guys on three days rest. I mean, look, 
Cleveland did it with Bauer, and it backfired. They pitched Bauer in three days rest against the Yankees, and the Yankees beat them in uh, game four. So I bet you Cleveland would have rather waited, rested him for game five, and then had Kluber out of the whole pit in the state put up. Because Kluber, again, pitched two games against the Yankees in that series and only lasted six in the third inning. So Kluber really didn't. The Yankees had his number, and he just didn't have it. That read something that he was saying. He said he was trying to pitch, but the manager, Francona, was saying that he might have had dealing with an injury. I don't want to hear that now. He lost. He got he got beat up twice. They beat him up twice. He didn't get out of the fourth inning. He needed to get out of the, didn't get out of the third inning in one game, and he didn't get out of the fourth inning in the other. He got beat up, bottom line. He didn't. The Yankees beat him. I don't want to hear that he get an injury. You know, I didn't hear a mention about an injury. So, you know what? The Yankees beat him fair and square. He didn't have it. He owned him in game five. Not much you could do about that, okay? So, but for the Yankees, if the Yankees could get going, they need Judge and Sanchez to get going. For them to have a chance in this series, Judge and Sanchez have to get going. There's nothing nothing more you can say. I mean, they're not going to be able to beat Houston with that lack of production from those guys. I mean, Judge now, what is he, 2 for 22 in the series? That's not going to cut it. They need more. They need, they're going to need more from Judge. They need some power from both of them. And obviously, listen, you're facing good pitching, and it's hard. Everybody knows that. But they really need these guys to step up and produce. Gardner's playing a little better now. You know, he looks a little better. Didi's done his job. Listen, he didn't have a good game last night, but you're not hitting two homers a game. I mean, you know, what he's done for them has been unbelievable. It's been one of their best trades in recent memory, getting Didi. And Castro, which was another good trade, he, you know, he's doing well for them too. And Hicks, I tell you, Hicks was a guy that nobody really looked at as a great hitter. You know, he's a good – always knew he was good defensively, but he's hit for them. Hicks has been very good for the Yankees, very surprisingly, because I didn't think Hicks was this good of a player either. Not that he's a star player. He's just one of those glue guys, those role players that are good for a winning team. They really, He really is. He's he turned into a nice little role player for the Yankees. So, you know, obviously – and Bird, you know, Bird, a healthy Bird is proven to be good for the Yankees. I was never a big Bird guy. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't like, I don't believe all the hype with him, but he has been showing a lot in, in the playoffs. So, you know, so definitely the Yankees were right about him. And, you know, and, and give Girardi some credit. You know, Girardi took a lot of heat after game two, obviously, for not challenging that play. But give Girardi some credit. He, the team did it for him. He bounced back. He, he managed a great game five. He did a great job in game five of managing against the Indians. And, you know, when you're going to bash the guy for making a bad move, you got to give the guy credit. you got to give the guy credit for making good moves. And, uh, you know, last week at this time, they were talking about how Girardi may not may be gone from the Yankees. I, I find that hard to believe now that the Yankees, but, you know, his contract's up. He may decide, you know, you got to see if these guys decide to move on with what they decide to do. But for the Yankees, obviously, Girardi is, you know, listen, who are you going to get? Like, you know, everybody always talks, let's get rid of the manager, fire the manager, like get rid of all sports. But who are you getting? So who are you getting that's better than Girardi right now? You know? You know, look at Boston. They just won back-to-back division titles, <clears throat> and they and they fired Farrell, which was ridiculous. It's not Farrell's fault that that team lost. One, they played a great Houston team. Two, Sale just didn't do the job down the stretch. I mean, that game that game five, four against uh, Houston, 
you know, Sale came in out of the bullpen and gave up the big home run. But then they also, Kimball came in and lost the game as well. But a lot of starting pitchers have struggled in the postseason. So I had something to say, obviously, when Baker took out Scherzer in that big game three against the Cubs, and the guy got a no-hitter in the seventh inning, he gets up to hit, you take him out, and they blow the game. But then he brought Scherzer in game five, and, and Scherzer lost the game. He gave up four runs. He only two were earned, but he didn't have it that night. He brought him in on two days, you know, his throw day. He clearly didn't have it. They fell behind. They, they were up four to one. They fell behind, and they battled back, made it 9-8, and then they lost at the end. But if you look around the league, a lot of guys, a lot of big pitches are struggling in the, in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's obvious. So you got to see. I mean, look, you know, like you said, Severino got locked the first time. Sale, you know, I could go all around. Kershaw, he won his first game. He gave up four solo homers in that game. So you know, guys just don't. I mean, Sale obviously had a rough series. You know, these guys. You know, everybody takes for granted. A lot, you know, Strasburg was the one guy who was dominant. Strasburg was great. And that game four, he wasn't even going to pitch, and he looked great. So, you need, first of all, in these games, you have to get, you need your big pitchers to step up. I mean, we, obviously, we talked about how bad Kluber was. I mean, Kluber didn't even give his team any innings. So, you know, and the Indians just went flat, too. The Indians backed. I mean, guys that hit all year didn't hit. I mean, Jose Ramirez was terrible in the series. And Canarcion, after he got hurt, was pretty much in game five, he struck out three times. He was terrible. Lindor didn't hit other than that grand slam. So, you know, it's, that's what the playoffs are about, guys. Guys like Judge, these type of guys, guys can have great years, but the playoffs is a different game. That's why you need other guys. That's why when other guys get clutch hits, it's usually the other players that do it. That's why guys like Hicks, when they get big hits, Gardner with that at bat in the ninth inning to give them insurance runs. Those are the big at-bats in these games. And the Yankees got it. And, you know, they got the young kids, but they got those veterans in there that they need too that came through for them. How great was Robinson out of the pen? You know, Chapman, giving him two good, two innings. You know, Kaylee the night before, in the game, the game four, Kaylee pitched great. Got the save, right? So you, you got to give them credit. Guys have stepped up. Other guys have stepped up, and that's what you need to win these games. You know, Deeney with the two home runs. Obviously, we don't know Deeney's turned into some player. Nobody expected him to hit two home runs in game five. They'd be lying to you if they did. So you got to give them credit. Credit is due where credit is due. And that's, you know, and they deserve it. So now they're in the tough series. Obviously, Houston's a big favorite. It's one game to nothing, Houston. We'll see what happens today. Yeah, the Cubs and the Dodgers starting a series as well tonight. Another big series, obviously. Cubs coming off a big win, 9-8 the other day. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you got Kershaw on the hill. You know, to me, you know, Kershaw hasn't been great in the playoffs, although I think some of it's a little overblown. It hasn't been horrible in the playoffs as they make it sound either. You know, but tonight, you know, a big matchup against, the Cubs, the Cubs are still undecided on who they're starting. I kind of think they're going to go even, obviously, Lester or Arietta, you're going to see. Saying the Cubs are still, like, playing the game there. But for the Cubs, are they another team, they just have something going there. They find ways to win. That 9-8 game, it was 9-6 with Carper and the, with the bases loaded. I don't know if you noticed that, if you were watching that. And he literally just missed the hanger off the end of his back for a sack fly that could have put them ahead in the seventh inning. But then in the tenth, 
I mean, in the ninth, he got up with 9-8, and he struck out. And Wade Davis who pitched two and two thirds innings. Wade Davis, the longest uh, or three innings, the longest uh, outing of Wade Davis's uh, Wade Davis's career. I mean, I know he, he and you know, he obviously gave up the one run, but he he was he, it was he was great. Two and two innings, he pitched in that inning. Two hits, one two walks, a run, and three strikeouts. But give him some credit. And as the Cubs advanced, the Dodgers obviously swept. The Diamondbacks, so Cubs, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, so those are the four teams left. So one of them is going to be standing at the end, the champion, and I know all the Yankee fans out here are hoping it's the Yankees, obviously. And, you know, who would have thought that the Yankees would be on this type of run? So we hit the phone lines here. What's up, Magic Mike? What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Mojo? How you doing, man? All right, how's it going? All right. Talking some of you know, baseball, playoff baseball, yeah. Interesting, you know, interesting. What's your take um, on the I, on the, on I, the games uh, I don't think night. the Yankees are gonna gonna go past Houston. I think Houston's a better team and I think uh and I think Houston's gonna go all the way. No, you listen, Houston is strong, Houston definitely has a chance to go all the way. Mm. And uh, you know, it, but, you and know, and you if you're a Mets happen. fan, you're very happy because Washington didn't make it. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not one of. I'm not a hater fan. I'm really not. I might like. But I, I, you know, I was, it's not being a hater. Younger, it's being being realistic. Teams, but I don't. Yeah, it's my 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 yeah my my life's not going to be altered whether they won or lost. So, but you know, I'm actually a big Harper fan. I like Harper a lot. You know, I know a lot of Mets fans don't like Harper. I like Harper. Yeah, I, I, right. I respect I respect greatness when I see it. You know, oh, but yeah, you know, I, I do. But it's nice to see the Cubbies advance. And listen, the Cubbies got a good shot again to go all the way as well. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously the Dodgers have great pitching, so it's going to be an interesting series with the Dodgers yeah. or the Cubs. What do you think of that series? That's going to be really good. It's going to come down to pitching, and it's going to come down to hitting, and it's going to be really. Uh, be really interesting. It's a, it's 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 one of those. Uh, it's going to be a really good series. Um, but I mean, I'm, it's just, I'm really shocked. I'm really shocked that the Yankees beat the Indians. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm yeah, so that comment. Uh, I I thought they were going to lose, but you know, um, they came, the Yankees came back and had a good game, and you know, now it's it's time to get you know serious. Not that they weren't being serious, but. And you you were right what you said before about house money. They are playing with house money. Yeah, nobody expected them to be here. So no. you know what? They come out. I, I have friends that won't even watch the game because they're too nervous. Yeah, well, these games do get nerve wracking if you're a fan. I mean, obviously, me and you don't have to worry about that. Our teams are done already. But it, it's nerve wracking if you're a fan. Playoff baseball. It's not like playoff baseball. <laughs> Every yeah, pitch our, is magnified. Our teams, are, our, teams are gol- our teams are golfing. Yeah, our teams are long gone. The only time we can so, see our teams is if we play them on uh, on, on PlayStation 4. Yeah, yeah. And even then, I don't even want to play with the Mets right now. Their team is so depleted. They don't have any of their players playing. If you play oh, online, you know, all their best players were hurt. They're not even playing. Yeah, it's so sad. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. uh Hopefully the Mets can figure out what the hell they're going to be doing and, uh, you know, give well, the Mets they need a manager. So. First, they need to lower the prices on the tickets, too. 
Well, I find it funny because after the product they put on the field last year, especially at the end of the year, and then uh, already, you know, they're talking about not spending money, but yet they'll send out an email that they're oh, about tickets for next year already. Yeah, go spend, go sign some players, then send me a ticket uh, package. I ain't giving them yeah. a dime until I see what they do in the offseason. Send, 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 e- send you an email saying, DMF fan, your ticket prices went up. <laughs> yeah. We're raising your prices to come watch a bunch of stiffs. Yeah, come watch the come watch the new Mets next year. But if you're a fan yeah. of a team, it's like I was in the doctor's office well, on Thursday, and I was son. wearing my Braves my Braves shorts and my Braves shirt and hat. And the guy said, "What are you doing wearing Braves stuff? Shouldn't you be, you know, rooting for the Yankees? They won last night." I said, "Pal, I would never root for the Yankees. I'm a Braves fan." <sighs> You gotta stick by your team, no matter what. You always, yeah. I, as painful you know, winner, as it is, sometimes. Win or lose, I mean, I have a friend that's a big Yankees fan. The Cubs won last year, and now all of a sudden she's a Cubs fan. Yeah, yeah. The front runners, those are the front runners. And then when the Yankees switch, when the Yankees win, she'll say, "Hey, that's my team." Mm. Yeah. Now you stick by your team, wins or lose, win or lose. As bad as it is sometimes and torturous it is, and it is torturous to be a Mets fan. There's no doubt about it. It's but torturous to be a fan of a team that's, okay, it, it's one thing for a team not to win, but it's another thing when the, when the organization doesn't help, try to help you win. You know, that's the exactly. problem. Exactly. You know, and then the Perfect. fans get frustrated point, and everybody right? gets frustrated. That's uh, a great point. You're right, 100%. And by the Terrible. way, and, and by the way, to go back on on something, the Yankees, when they when they when they, normally when they play in the playoffs, they usually lose. Either, they usually lose the first game of the series. So you never know. Well, I mean, interesting, it can interesting stat: the last team that's been shut out twice in the postseason, and I, I believe it's in. Uh, I believe the stat was the first game. Yeah, the first game of both the first two series. Went mm-hmm. on to win the World Series, and it was the '86 Mets. So the Yankees were the first team since then to do that. So if that's the case, it's a good omen for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, and and this um, the the uh, what do you call it? the other day? I was sitting with my mother, and we were talking about an Elton John concert that we went to in 1998, and they had um, the the Yankees were the Yankees were um, in the World Series. They, uh, it was game two, and they kept on, you know, Elton John came out, and he said, I know everybody wants to hear the score of the Yankees game. And he said, I'll give you the score of the Yankees game, and then I'm going to play some songs. Is that all right? And everybody went crazy. <laughs> that was at Madison Square Garden. It was uh, it was a really good tour to see Elton. Uh, you know, I, we love Elton John, but, but the the Yankees, you know, and then, then to find out that the Yankees won – when they beat the Padres, I think that was their best team back then. Yeah, that, um, that kind of reminds me of uh, in 1994 when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup and uh, Game Six against Vancouver was a big Pink Floyd concert. And I know a lot of my buddies were going that night to the concert, and uh, Mr. Berger, who calls in, you know, Mr. Our hockey analyst. He actually, he's a diehard Ranger fan, and he actually didn't go to the Pink Floyd contest because he didn't want to miss the Rangers winning the cup. 
and Ooh. and obviously the Rangers ended up losing that night. Man, mm-hmm. they ended up winning in Game Seven, but he said yeah. he couldn't be he couldn't be at the Pink Floyd concert not well, knowing. If I got a newsflash. The Rangers yeah, I was first at the Pink. You know? I was there. I was at the uh, the Pink Floyd concert. That was uh, I think that was at Yankee was... Stadium, right? Wasn't it at Yankee Stadium? Uh, oh, maybe not. Pretty the sure that was at Yankee was at... Stadium. The one I went to was at Nashville Coliseum. Maybe not. I think this one might have been at Yankee Stadium, I believe. Oh, the one I went to was Nashville. Um, do you do you remember? Do you remember? And they did it for the Knicks too. Do you remember? Do you remember? If you couldn't be, if you couldn't be there, you could watch. You can go to the Garden and watch it on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like the closed circuit TV, right? Yeah, they had it all. Yeah, all my friends that were big Ranger fans, they went. So um, so it was it was on a school night. So I I made a joke. I said my mother won't let me go to the game because it's on a school night. <laughs> so what's your outlook? You don't think they, you think uh, Houston? You think it's going to be Houston versus who? Who do you think is going to win I, in the NL? I think I think Houston is going to be taking on the Cubs. I don't think the Dodgers are going to to do it. But you never know. I mean, it's early. And and the, I don't know. You have to think. I guess you have to think that way. I don't know. If, if it's me, I would go Houston. The way Houston's been playing, their lights out. Houston came on strong this whole year. Yeah, and Boston didn't have a chance. Everybody in Boston that wanted Boston to go to the World Series. That's for next year, I guess. Oh, Boston had a great team all year. I mean, listen, Boston lost because their best pitchers. Sale. I mean, Porcello, obviously, who won the Cy Young last year, had a terrible year. And Sale, yeah. who pitched great all year, kind of faltered down the stretch, which I got to give props to our man Sal, who predicted that Sale will usually fade down the stretch, and he did. He was right. He hit that on the head, Sal. So I got to give Sal some credit for that. Sal's a big Yankee fan, too. But he, uh, yeah, he did say a that Sale of, was going to fade a down lot, the stretch. A lot, you know, a lot of the – I was going to say, a lot of the um, – a lot of the big fans are usually smart baseball people, and they know their baseball. So, I mean, it just goes to show you never you never count out any team, um, especially you know, especially the Yankees. Uh, you don't count them out. I, I've learned that you you no matter how many times you face them, it's just too it, they just overwhelming. That's what happens with the Braves and the Yankees. The Braves were winning two games. All they had to do was win two more, and they lost them. And then we had what's his name on a horse. I had to see Wade Boggs and them jump on horse. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Wade Boggs on the horse. Yeah, I remember that. So <laughs> I liked Wade Boggs, but I didn't like him that good. I didn't like him when he was beating me, the Braves. That's for sure. That was you know World Series, um, all these, all these games. Just like when that, that was year with Saint, the just like that year with St. Louis. St. Louis had the Braves beat, and the Braves came back and took it. Yeah, listen. And Boston, you never the same thing with them. The Yankees had them. What about last year? I mean, the Indians had the Cubs three games to one, and the Cubs came back and won the series, right? So anything, anything, anything's possible. Anything can happen. You know, so that's why they play the games, Mike. That's it. I mean, that's all. That's all it is. It's, it's uh, a lot of it is. That's why we play the games. But uh, you know, 
and then you've got, and then and then hockey's starting off miserable. Jesus, what happened? Did did they tell them that they're playing hockey, or what happened? Yeah, I don't really take much stock into the first four games. I don't think that's an indicator of what the type of team is going to be. It's the beginning of the season. You got to let things play out. Rangers haven't been great either early. So, you know, I, I let the season play out, though. That it's so four or five games into a season to me don't really matter. You know, after 10, 15 games, if a team's still struggling, they're like 3 and 10, then you start worrying. But right now, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry. Well, that's going to be, that's probably going to be, uh, that's going to be soon. You know, I, I mean, it's too early Buffalo, to tell. Buffalo, but the, I know Buffalo's the Rangers fans are going crazy. Buffalo doing with their lines? Like, Buffalo's shifting their lines. They, they look like the. I don't know what they're doing. Reinhardt should be yeah. playing with Eichel. They did they did well together last year. Why they're moving? They moved Reinhardt off his line, and now Reinhardt looks terrible now. I don't know what what they did there. Reinhardt and Eichel really played well together last year. They should still be playing together. So yeah, I, I don't know what they're. I, I agree. I don't know what they're. They're. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. But um, Jack Eichel was very frustrated the other night. He was really giving it to them. Jason Pompazil uh, is a good player, too. I like Yeah, him. he got off to a nice oh. start, Pompazil. He's got four goals already. He's got off to a good yeah, start. He, he, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they're, 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 they have to they, – they have a West Coast schedule now. They're playing tonight. Um, so yeah. I can't wait to – hopefully – well, I will be watching them tonight. So hopefully uh, hopefully all, all works out for them, you know. And then, of course, yeah. last week the Buffalo Bills – they got back to uh, reality, it looked like. So you guys were right. That was a game that they had. Well, they, the they didn't have to win it, but that was a game the that you expected them to win. The game. I didn't well, think I the Bengals would win. go to one A lot of people four. didn't because they figured if they beat a bad team and then, you know, they beat a good team, now they've got to beat a bad team, and they lost. But, but the Bengals had a lot of trouble with A.J. Green. He couldn't hold on to that ball. Yeah, well, he did catch the seventy-seven yard touchdown early in the game, but yeah, but the other ones, yeah, no, that seventy-seven yeah. catch, that game was that catch was weird. That that was weird, and then they and then they stopped them from from scoring. Thank God, but you know, it just it just uh, it's just weird now. Now that uh, now that this all plays out, you know, now we have a bye, and we have to rest, and we have to see what we're gonna do. You know what we're gonna do after. Um, it's a good time to get healthy and rest and relax and get healthy and go from there. And so, that's a sin you know. because the Dolphins and and Tampa Bay. And see, that's a sin because the Dolphins and Tampa Bay can't do that because they had a buy already, basically because of the hurricane situation. And yeah, uh, well, that that's baseball. I mean, that's yeah. uh, I mean that's football. That's life. You know. Yeah, we're going all around in circles. You know, you got you got everything going. And last night I picked up um, NHL NHL 18. I don't know if you have that. Do you have that yet? No, I didn't get that yet. That's actually playing Madden. That is crazy. So far, I haven't been able to win a face-off. So far, I haven't been able to win a game because it's just so damn hard. Just like football this year, I'm horrible in my in my Madden season so far. Uh, the Bills are horrible. The Bills are, you know, losing. Yeah, I was slumped. 
I was playing Madden until three thirty in the morning last night. I'm exhausted this morning with my man Chuck. I mean, then we're playing. Oh, cool. uh, we had a playoff tournament. We were doing a playoff thing. So we played the huh? four wild card games last night, but we were up all night playing. Yeah, that's how tonight, I was. When... Late night. Me and him are going to finish tonight late night, I think. Oh, that's cool. That's but how it, I was but when I was in high school. It was late night. Play... I'm a, I'm dragging, I was dragging early this morning. I'm feeling yeah, better now. Yeah, I can now. hear it now. How about NHL 94? Do you remember playing that as a kid? Yeah, I was playing NHL. I was playing these games since, yeah, since I'm a kid. Me and my friends always had leagues through the years of this stuff. I remember leads. playing. I remember PD, playing Sega Genesis. I remember playing Sega, Sega Genesis. Yeah. And I remember playing NHL '94, Madden '94. I had all the, you know, all the games that I had. NBA, and and it's just it's just weird to think where that's gone today to now. It's it's like yeah. And when oh, you watch, and when you the, watch the hockey alone. game, like my nephew's like, oh, you're watching hockey? Like I'm playing hockey. It looks so real. The commentators are real. Everything looks so real. It's just a whole new world. It's like you're watching world. a game on TV. Yeah, it's a whole new world. Hey, uh, what do you think about Hell in the Cell? I thought it was good. I thought it was you know, interesting. I like that they made the Shield go back together and stuff, like, you know, on Monday Night Raw. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hell in the Cell was okay. A, uh, the, the main, the main event nice was good. They're coming up to a nice reunion. What do you think about Shane McMahon and taking those stupid bumps? Yeah, he's, I don't know how many more of those he can take jumping off the top of the cell like that. I mean, I was talking to my friend on, on Wednesday. We were talking about, we were going over the pay-per-view, and we were talking about, I want it, you know, if you look closely, you know, the top of the, the, top of the announce table, it looks like it's got a foam rubbery thing going on. I don't know if it's just the glam, maybe, but it just looked like it was, like, foam. Well, they had to brace that foam so they don't kill themselves these days. Yeah, and Sammy Zane. How about Sammy? Jumping off the top of 20 feet high, telling the cells through that thing was just insane. Yeah, and nobody knew that Sammy was standing there. I mean, the fans seen him sitting there. What the hell is he sitting there, and then he takes Kevin Owens to safety and uh you 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 figured eventually they would align back with each other but hey they're, they're uh, not just best I, friends they're brothers yeah they've been together for a long time that's that's why if you watch Kevin Owens um the KO DVD Sami Zayn even though they're fighting against each other he still talks on his behalf so it yeah. it's it's something to see I like the matches from top to bottom. I thought every match was good. I just wish they would stop with the stupid Brizango and what's his name. It's just so stupid now. It's getting old. Yeah, I agree. They need to do something. They don't have anything for them. That's why they're in, in this spot. But, yeah, I mean, listen, that's that again, that's why you're a wrestling fan. And uh, next week is TLC. That should be pretty interesting to see the Shield back together. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good because you know when the Shield broke up, everybody was so mad because the Shield broke up, and these these guys on their own were getting recognition, but now they're back together and people are like, oh, the Shield is back. So, yeah, well, Roman Reigns is finally getting cheered again. Yeah, because he's getting cheered because 
here we go. It's it's they're cheering for the shield, they're cheering for these guys, yep. It's just like when he wrestled John Cena. They will they yeah. know, take take two guys that were the least popular among I mean, not among fans, but you never heard fans you never heard fans boo Hogan until he got to WCW. But you never heard fans boo the ultimate warrior. And and both men got cheered and then and just like that's my that's how I look at it. Roman, Reigns, Cena, Ultimate Warrior Hogan, two guys, four guys that were on top, and two guys that wrestled you know, each wrestled each other. So, yeah. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the pay per view year, uh, and then of course Survivor Series is 30 this year. That's crazy. For sure. Well, Mike, before I let you go, you got any words for PDV? If he's coming on uh, shortly, do you have anything you want me to tell Petey? Uh, let me see. Yeah, he, he's a team lost again, unfortunately. Oh, I'll, rem- I'll remind him when he comes on. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's ridiculous. I watched the game, and uh, I watched well, the game. It was right a game, now, so. again, he's, he's losing these games, and, and then, then they – then he thinks that they're going to come to Buffalo and they're going to beat Buffalo. That's crazy. You can't even beat the team that you have to beat. Well, they well their quarterback is coming back, so they're, they're oh, playing come well. On. Oh, so. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. He they didn't have they, they had Manuel out there, and I I know EJ Manuel for years. So you know, being a stiff with yeah, the Bills, he stunk with the Bills. Well, he's no car. Of course. So. No, that's true. No, you're right. Car's good. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. He's car's car's really. Um, no, you're right. Well, when Oakland plays Buffalo, we'll have to have you and Pete on at the same time to hype up that. Game. I'll be driving up to Buffalo at that time. I'll be I'll be on my way to Buffalo again. Yeah, so we'll have to have you both on at the same time that day. <laughs> so Mike, yes, Mike, I, 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 I love I love when you said that, I love when you said. Yeah, last week when I shocked the world by saying they beat a great Jet team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jets are three and two. Who would have thought? Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see tomorrow what they do against the Patriots. Oh, man, it would be great if they win always, right? um, against the Patriots. I would like to see that. Uh, yeah. All right, Anthony, well, Mike, take care. I, I'm going to be uh, listening to the show today. Week, for sure. yeah, great show as always. And uh, good Thank luck you. to you. Thank you. You want me to keep you on hold here? So you can listen yeah, on your keep phone me on or? hold because I'm going to be listening to the game. Okay. I mean, I'm going to be listening to the game. I'm going to be listening to the to the show while I play my NHL game. Hopefully I'll win. Maybe you'll bring me luck. All right, man. All right, go All on, right, thank you. Later. All right, later. Magic Mike, as always, great job. Spoken all a variety of stuff and, uh, Little little shot to PDV. We'll have to bring up the PDV's uh, Raiders when he comes on later on as well. So we'll do that. So we're talking uh, on baseball early in the show. So seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. Yankee fans, you want to call in and talk some baseball? Definitely call in. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more Yankees. We're going to talk some next managerial search and uh, take some of your calls. So before we go, I just want to say time to take a commercial break as we have a proud new sponsor of Totally Driven Entertainment. He's funny, he's wacky, he's crazy, and he's totally driven. Check out Chris Fraley Presents Calm. 
I'm black man, saving man's eyes, one stereotype at a time. To the black mobile. To the corner of Martin Luther King Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, pronto. Will black man make it to the crime on time? Or will he be on CPT? Stay tuned at ChrisFrailyPresents.com. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your cool friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook.
Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Almost an hour in. Doing a lot of baseball early. There's been a lot of Yankees so far. We talked some Cubs, Nationals, and Cubs, Dodgers as well. But we've been talking mostly Yankees, Astros, and Yankees, Indians. We just had Magic Mike on. We've been doing a little of everything. Some NHL, some NFL. We're mixing in, even some WWE. And now uh, talk about some more baseball right now. we got PDV coming on at 10-15 to do the week six picks in the NFL. So we're going to talk some baseball for like the next 25 to 30 minutes, and then we'll get into the NFL and uh, maybe mix in a couple of other sports news before Pete comes on, top news in sports. But talking about, you know, we mentioned earlier John Farrell being fired in Boston, kind of, you know, you know, kind of weird. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, steered a relatively young team to his first back-to-back division title in franchise history. I mean, the first time Boston went back to franchise history for all their history. It's the first time they won back-to-back division titles. But they also got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. But he was dismissed with one year left on his contract. The Red Sox president of baseball operations, Dave Dabrowski, announced on Wednesday. You know, he, decided, he declined to get into specifics of the move or offer any substantive reasons for making it during his press conference. But he he declined to even say if if uh, Farrell would have been spared if they would have advanced to, to Houston, past Houston, to the Yankee series. But you know he's clearly determined. They got now. I heard their three. I heard Ron Donenhire could actually be the favorite there. But there's a few guys in the mix there. But they're gonna. But here's the team. Like they just. You know, Jason Veritek's name is mentioned as well. So that's interesting. But here's a team that. They just made the plans. They just fired him, and they're already almost close to getting another manager. Like, the Mets, what the hell are the Mets doing? The Mets are like, they're interviewing guys, like, you wouldn't even think, like, I heard they had no interest in Farrell. Why wouldn't you have any interest? They don't have no interest in good managers. The Mets are looking for as a puppet. It's really sad. There's a certain manager with the computer analytics that they like. Get the hell out of here. Get a manager that knows baseball. Enough of this computer analytic crap. Never seen such a thing like now, all of a sudden now everything's computer and this and that. Give me a break. That smart manager is a smart manager. Uh, I, I mean, the Mets do things in the weirdest ways. It, 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 drives, it drives you crazy. It really does. It, 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 I was just talking about it with Mike, how, you know, how, like, how, te- how these teams do it, like the Met organization. How ba- I mean, listen, it all top. A winning organization starts at the top, and the Mets are one because of because of who runs the team, who owns the team. You know, you got to, you know, when you have owners like this that just care more about the dollar than winning, I mean, it, it's just a sad state. It, it really is. It's pathetic. And it's annoying, and as a Mets fan, it drives you crazy, you know. But, you know, that's why the Mets I'm, I, I won't even acknowledge them right now because obviously Yankee time, Yankees are in the playoffs and playoffs are going on. But we're going to have plenty of time to hammer the Mets in the offseason when everybody's signing good players, but the Mets again. I mean, the team can't even hire or manage. Uh, you know, they don't even have a, a, a. You don't even hear about the search. I mean, and they're, they're interviewing guys. So you're like, why are they interviewing this guy? I, I don't want Bob Guerin as the Met manager. It's probably Valentine 2.0. That's all that is. But we're going to hit the phone line. Yeah. 
My man, Padman, what's going on, dude? Good morning, Mr. Mojo. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, you know, busy as usual, running around, uh, but I, I wanted to duck in and uh, say hello to my uh, my favorite sports talk radio show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So yeah, so, yeah, I, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna emulate your last sentiment. I I think we've got plenty of time to speak about the mess, and this is probably not the appropriate time. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. You acknowledge the managerial search that nothing's going on and move on from there because there's never anything going on with this team. It's like, uh, you know, watching paint, waiting for paint to dry, waiting for the Mets to make a move. It's just, well, you know. it's incredible, but only the Yankees in a rebuilding year can go deep into October. I mean, we're talking exactly. October 14th, and, uh, and they're in the playoffs, and we got, you know, even in the worst-case scenario, you got – you know, ball play till October 17th, 18th, and they're still relevant. And the Mets haven't been relevant for literally, if you want to put in actual terms, 90 days. <laughs> yeah. three months. Mets, right? haven't been relevant. Mets haven't been relevant since May. Well, anyway. well, well, you have, well, you have to say, I, 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 think, I think May we got, you know, we, we probably got to April where we had a little bit of hope, and that was about it. It was about one month, maybe. I can't remember that far back, but I don't even want to speak about them. Um, what do you think of the series, the Yankees, Astros, and, know, and the Yankees it's a, Indians? It's a, series. it's a riveting series. I think it's great. I think. Well, here's my question to you, and 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 I missed the first part of your show because I don't I don't know if you addressed it, but you know, with Altuve and Judge in in uh, in the series together, and you know, it, it's very easy from a media standpoint to compare them. Both of them are. are definitive MVP candidates. My question to you is how do you define an how do you define an MVP? MVP. Well it should be the team that the player not only that has a great year, but he helps his team the most, right? I mean that's but you're not gonna see it all the time. Just yeah, you got in the National League, Stanton's probably gonna win MVP and his team didn't even make the playoffs, right? So but well, to me the Yankees I, I if guess. you're comparing Altuve and Judge Clearly, Judge had a monster year. The Yankees wouldn't be where they are without him, right? But Houston also had the best, rec- almost the best record in the league. I think they missed it by a game. And, you know, Al- I think what's going to get Altuve the award is the fact that Correa got hurt and missed six over six weeks, and Altuve was huge during that six weeks. I think if Correa didn't get hurt, Correa wouldn't have been an MVP candidate, but I think Correa and Altuve might have offset each other off and it might have felt to Judge. I think Judge's big slump from July into, like, early September is going to hurt him in the MVP because there was a point where he was, you know, he didn't do much for, like, a, a month and a half. So I think that's going to hurt him. I think Altuve is going to get it personally. But, listen, Judge's, you know, first full season in the league, you know, you can, what more can you say, 52 home runs, right? Well, 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 won't he still get rookie of the year? Yes, he'll get rookie of the year, of course. Yes. Okay, so so I mean, look, I define I was speaking to Mr. Vic yesterday, and 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 I was defining MVP to me is where would the team be without him? But and 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 I was really, you know, in in that context, I'd probably lean toward judge toward judge, and that's how I kind of left yesterday. And, and admittingly, I don't watch a lot of Astro games. I don't watch American League, but. 
I've been reading a lot about this guy, and towards the end of the season, I've been I've been watching him a little bit, and and now I'm I'm, I'm paying attention the last two weeks, uh, you know, pretty closely to him. You know, you know, obviously it's amazing um, because his physical ability, given his his you know you know his his size and his his his, his persona. His persona, persona is tremendous, and, he, and and he's such a small physical person, but he plays very large. And you know, yesterday I was kind of flipping back and forth, and leaning towards maybe Judge should have it. But but something hit me last night, and one is he's been real consistent all year. He hit almost 350, and he stole 32 bases. And and to me, he's beating you also defensively. With the legs, with his arm, I mean, he's a five-tool monster. This guy. You it's see how small you see the play he made last night. I'm sorry. Altuve, right? You're talking about? Yeah, the the, the play he made. He was actually diving. You see the play he made last night on field. Didi's? Yeah, I mean that was unbelievable. Not 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 many guys would have had that. Um, you know, so so I, I think because of the fact that he could beat you in in multi ways. And he's been consistent. And, you know, 32 stolen bases in the 80s and the 90s might not have been a lot because we had guys like Vince Coleman and we knew Ricky Henderson and we had, a you know, Sedano. We had a couple of guys that, that stole 60 bases plus. But in today's day and age, I don't know how many guys are stealing 30 bases anymore. I don't know. I think I think the, the, the game has changed and people are waiting around for home runs and, they, and maybe they should be. So I think the 32 stolen bases, just like, the home run numbers are, are way inflated. A, a, a 55 home run season today is a 42 home run season 15 years ago. Stolen base um, year this year is like a 50 stolen base year 15 years ago. Well, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think uh, listen, he's a, a he's really become an unbelievable player out too. I mean, he, for his size, I mean, he's a small guy. And the things he does, he's just—he's one of those guys now that's tough out. You can't get him out. You know, he, he's, well, he's, just that, he's look, become that great of a hitter now. Ty, you know, Michael pitched some game, and it's really a shame that they wasted Tanaka's performance because how many times is that kind of going to do that, right? How many times are you going to pitch a great game in the playoffs and lose? So you feel bad for Tanaka and a little bit for the Yankees because they didn't. You know, I, you know, they 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 lost the game of attrition, but they didn't really lose the game. Nobody really played bad. Although I thought that play at the plate, um, who was running bird? I, I forget who was running. I was actually in my car, so I didn't see the play. But I don't understand how you know the the, the announcers on the radio said that he 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 was just coming off third base as 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 the the, the guy came up throwing. I mean. You got to be off. I don't understand that one. Or, or is he really that slow? Yeah, he's no fleet-footed Steve Panavano. I'll tell you that. Well, I, did, did he get a bad jump? I mean, what the heck? They showed at one point they were talking about it. He he kind of stutter stepped and stopped and like slowed up for a for a half a second, and it cost him. Look, I, I tell you, I think right now it's not fast right anyway. 40, what? He ain't a bad guy anyway, so, but, you know, you're not scoring that well, play. I agree. Well, Three, two count. You're, you're, not, you're already running. Look, I, I was never exactly a fast guy, but th- that's when you have to take advantage 
of 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 the baseball skills and knowledge around you. You have to run, you know, what, you know when the, when the pitch is being delivered to be on your toes. You have to be prepared to make that turn. You have to make a good route because if you're not fast, those little things mean 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 a lot. Listen, Look, you don't have to be fast if you're a good base runner. You could still score on that play, you know. Yeah, I, I you know I don't know because I you know. It's hard to tell, and like I said, truthfully, I didn't see the play. I was I was uh, listening to it, but you know those little things. But but I do think it was a good battle last night. I watched some of the game and I listened to some of the game, and 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 I thought it was a fantastic battle. You know, with two very competitive teams. You know, I think the Yankees have their handfuls this series. These guys are are tough competitors, and and their lineup is just you know, it, 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 it's a you know, both lineups are fantastic, put it that way. So I agree. you got a great series. I think Houston is just one of the, the team that looks like this could be their year, but listen, anything could happen. It's one game to nothing. I would say last week on the show, the Yankees were down two games to nothing to Cleveland after a horrible loss the night before, and they came back and won, right? So A lot of things go into it. Um, you know, before the series – before the last series, the Yankees series with Cleveland, I would have thought Cleveland had the edge, right? I think everybody did, you know. Um, so, so I think the amazing thing about baseball is, and, and there's no other to me, there's no other sport like it. But I'm a baseball man. I mean, you know, you play 162 games. I mean, double almost any sport, right? I mean, football's what 16, basketball's what 80 something. I mean, literally 162 games. And at that point, we still don't know who the best team is. We go into a playoff situation with wild cards and all these these crazy kind of things. We're playing weather that baseball is not necessarily meant to be played in. And we have the most exciting, you know, type of scenarios play out in front of us, almost like almost like a, a drama series, you know. So, you know, to me, baseball is, is a really pure sport because not many teams make – Make it into the playoffs. You have to be really competitive and really well-rounded team to even, even, even make it to the dance. Um, so, you know, I, you know, but but then again, that's coming from a baseball guy, so it's it's hard to really really compare. And you got to stay healthy. I mean, health's obviously a key too, right? Well, you know, people say baseball is not a rough sport and all of that, but but to tell you the truth, and I don't think you put enough emphasis on the traveling they do the day-night games, they do, the type of training today, what they, you know, years ago, they had a day off. They literally had a day off. You know, if they had an afternoon game at night, they went out and did whatever they wanted to do. I think today, you know, they're, they're not only training um, all year round, but even on the days off, they're taking batting practice, they're in the gym, they're, 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 they're eating correctly, they're, they're watching their diet, they're, you know, a lot of things go into it, and, and, and we don't see on top of the traveling and, and, and the stuff that's, you know, the, 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 the stuff we don't see that I think is very difficult on the body. And it's not a contact sport, but you know what? You know, I played softball later on in my life, and, and there were a couple of times where I played back-to-back doubleheaders and I'm sitting in the sun, and it's not easy. I don't know if I could do that five days in a row. No, I know. Like you said, these guys... This time they could play twenty, you know, no days off for a couple of weeks and be playing fifteen, sixteen games in a row. Yeah, so so I don't think it's it's you know a contact sport. I agree, and it's not the most demanding sport when you look at it singular for one game. 
But when you look at over the over the course of a season, and if you make the playoffs and you're playing really for six months, and you're playing a tremendous amount of games within that six months, and, and a lot of things happen. The, the force pitches, pitches used to throw the ball, if you look at that slow motion replay, it's incredible talk on the upper torso and the legs. And the batters, the, the amount of pressure they put on their core and, 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 and their back and their arm and their legs to bring that bat around so quickly. I mean, you know, that's why these guys get hurt. And we all look at them and say, wow, he's hurt again. Ooh, we got to pull muscle. You don't realize how much pressure and what they put their bodies through on a, on a, on a daily basis. I agree 100%. Look, have a wonderful day, okay? Thanks for calling in as always, Pat, man. Enjoy your weekend. And, and I, I'll, I'll be listening. Hope Dr. Ray and Mr. Vic call, too. Oh, definitely. All right, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you, my man. Bye. Pat, man, calling in, doing a great job as always. Talking some baseball with the pad man. And, uh, yeah, listen, how much more you could say about the Yankees? So, listen, the Yankees have done a great job to get to this point. Now can they keep it going? You know, is the whole key. Can they can they get some momentum over Houston just, you know, continue their dominant season right now, Houston? So, listen, Houston's got something special going on. The Yankees fans think the Yankees got something special going on. So, that's why you play the games. Nobody thought they were going to beat Cleveland last week, and they did. So, you know, we'll see how it works out. But, you know, right now you got to be happy that you're just playing some meaningful playoff baseball and hope for the best, right? So, and the Yankees are doing that right now. So, so we'll see what's going on there. My man, Doc Day, what's going on? Hey, good morning, Mojo. I just called to say it's get it's getting harder and harder to hear Padman the Yankee fan two weeks in a row. <laughs> if, if I remember back to pre- previous shows, he used to say you were the closet Yankee fan. You're the sports guy, right? You're going to cover all teams, fan or not, you know, all, all sporting events. Padman is on that bandwagon, right? Yeah. Listen, he's become the closet Yankee fan. He's become the closet. His accusation of you has fallen upon himself. And (laughs) and I hope he's still listening. Yeah, he said he was. What's your take on on, on 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 this series and on the uh, Yankee-Cleveland series that just, just ended as well? Well, you know what? I, I go by what most Yankee fans thought the team would accomplish this year, and they've already over-accomplished. They, they're playing a better team in Houston. Hey, you know, it's a playoffs. Anything can happen. But um, they've already over-accomplished. They, they've had a more than successful season in making a playoffs and winning the first series. Like, to me, that's where it would, it would stand with them. Even if they lose, it's always hard to watch a team lose. But they, you have to look back and say, hey, we got further than expected. This team's going to be good for some time to come. You know, yeah, the kind of thing that. every of team course. hopes. Yeah, I mean, when you're like in a you building said. space. When you, when right, you're in a building, but you're in the playoffs, you want to win, right? Obviously, you want to win because then you're in the playoffs. Yeah. 
you, you get your but you young also got to take and... it to perspective of where you are, where everybody thought you were going to be, right? So exactly, and and they, they've made a successful season out of this. I'm sure beyond what they expected, and beyond what most Yankee fans, you know, are. It's more matter once you're there, you you start getting in your head, anything can happen. We could take this all, but they're good teams. You know, I think teams in Houston, their team's better than the Yankees, but, you know, maybe Cleveland was better than the Yankees, and the Yankees pull that one off. Yeah, exactly. You know? that's, what it, that's what it is with these series. The best team don't always win, right? So, yeah, you know, that's upset to the beauty of the game. I mean, you know, nobody can sit here. Obviously, Yankees are happy. Yankee fans are happy. Mm-hmm. You can't say you were better than Houston and you were, I mean, better than Cleveland. I expected right. Cleveland. You weren't. Cleveland was big favorites, and Cleveland blew it yeah. two games and leaves, you know, that they shouldn't have blown. So, you know, but give the Yankees credit, but Cleveland also played really bad. You know, Cleveland didn't play up to their capabilities either in that series. And you could say the Yankees made them do that, but a lot of it was right. stuff that normally Cleveland don't do all year. I mean, they made errors they usually don't make. They, Kluba obviously was made been the best pitcher in the American League this mm-hmm. year, and he was terrible, two starts. Hey, Jose Ramirez, who's been one of their best hitters all year, he did nothing all series, right? Lindor did nothing other than the Grand Slam, but he really did nothing other than that. So, you know, those are the things you got to look at too, right? So, Yeah, but what you do in the season, I think all sports fans know the playoffs are a different stage, if that's the way to put it. It's just a, a different level, and kind of what you did all year. It should give you the confidence going into the postseason, but it, it's a different level of nervousness, excitement, and it, I'm sure you've been to a playoff game where you go to a game during the season and it's just, you know, you're watching the game and waiting for a moment to build. When I went to a Met playoff game, it was just like every pitch. It was an unreal experience being at a uh, an entertaining Met game, not one a playoff game where it's blown out and the crowd is quiet. It's a competitive game. It's like people are standing every time there's two strikes. There's noise in the stadium, and, and you realize how different it is. Exactly. And, you know, you realize how every pitch means some and every every little every little part of that game is magnified, right? Every moment is magnified in a game like that. Yeah, and that, as a player, if, if you go in thinking it's baseball as usual, it's really not. And I'm sure in some ways it is, but it's really not. Like, Exactly what you just said. Everything's magnified. Every play, everything you normally do, you know, every double play you should have turned. Like, there is no tomorrow, per se, and and it's just all blown up. You know, and it's, it's exciting. If a home win, you know, at a stadium, being a fan that's there, is one of the most exciting things you'll get at a sports event. You know, to my experience. Hey, yes, I agree. Hey, you know, yeah, for I, us, have an experience at City Field, but at Shea, and it was like deafening. And I've never been to a baseball game prior to that that was deafening. Football, yes, but baseball, no. And then I realized how loud a baseball crowd can be. Yeah, and you know, for us who've talked a lot of Mets baseball on the show, you know, it would have been nice to have them in the playoffs because it's always fun to talk about it when they're in the playoffs. But obviously. Right. Right. Them Yankees overachieving this year, Mets complete opposite. Underachieved, bad season, couldn't really play over five hundred ball. 
And even what you said, you're in the hunt for a manager, and I don't see I, – I could just throw a dart and see if I get lucky who they're going to hire. I have no idea. Yeah, well, that, nobody has any idea what they're doing. But, I, but the we only thing we probably agree, Collins had to go, right? Exactly. That was a must, and they did that. But right now, it's really, you know, like we were talking about me and Bennett, it's all about the Yankees right now. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna bring in we're gonna bring in a Yankee fan with us right now. Sal, what's going on? Hey, Anthony, how are you, buddy? Hey, Sal. Right, how are you? Hey, Alan. Good, good. Uh, good baseball. We're talking a lot of Yankees. Uh, we should take we should take our last night's game and just overall the series. We were a great throw to home away from going into extra innings. Yeah, I talked about that throw earlier, how it was a play of the game, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's... You have, to, you have to send the runner, obviously. A great throw, you got to take your hat off. It was a great pitching duel, I think. Kaipo and Tanaka did what they were supposed to do. Um, I think the announcers picked up something that I agree with. I think Judge is going to break out today. I think Judge had two of his better at-bats than we've seen in, I think, a couple of weeks. He had a nice single in the ground out to third, I'll take. And, you know, Altuve's Altuve. He created a run. He gets on first. He advances to second base hit. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a run, and then they had a clutch hit. And I got to take my hat off to Keiko. He pitched a great game. Yeah, and, uh, and Keiko just seems to have the Yankees' number, right? Like, he just has their number for some reason. Yankees you know, can't struggle against them. They, you know, they can't beat them. You know, he, he, he all, in fairness, right, in fairness, you know, they keep talking about his, you know, statistics against the Yankees. Really, his statistics against the Yankees were against a very, very different team than what he shut out last night. But at the same time, he owns us, as hard as it is. He owns us, but that's okay. You know, he was on last night. I think we win tonight, go back to the stadium for three games, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we got Severino. I I rather, personally, with our lineup, I'd rather be facing a Verlander than I would uh, somebody else who throws more like a Keuchel or a Huber for – Cleveland, I think the Yankees are a better fastball hitting team. Yeah, no, I think it's a good game today, too, and I, I agree that, you know, I talked about earlier as well, Judge looked better yet last night, so maybe he's on the verge of something. They need Judge and Sanchez, so Judge and Sanchez have to give them offense. They have to. They're, they're not going to have a chance in the series without it. They definitely need those two guys. No, no question about it. Bird played well last night. I think what Bird had two hits. Look, I think it was Allen who said it. You know, the Yankees are maybe yourself. The Yankees overachieved, as I said for a couple of weeks. You know, I think as a Yankee fan, if I were to say to you, "This is where we'd be at the end of the season," I think 100% to every fan out there, you'd be like, "Okay, I'll take that." Now, obviously, yeah. we're yeah. there, so you want more. Uh, and you're playing a great team. Like, this team won a lot, 101 games. 
It's not like yeah. they're playing a bad team. I think the American League teams are better than the National League teams, but what do I know? No, I agree. So you probably think well, that every year, right? Yeah. You know, listen, the Cubs and the Dodgers are good, too. So I think the four teams in there right now are probably, you know, Florida. But obviously, Cleveland was a great – had a great – they won 102 games, too, but, they, you know, the Yankees beat them. So – you know, that's how it goes. That's baseball. You know, the best teams that during the season don't always win, you know, during the regular season. They don't always win the World Series. So, you know, no. Yankees Yankees came back. They down 2-0. They came back and beat Cleveland. So now they earned their spot where they are right now. So, and, you know, I think you're going to have another tough series right here. I think it's going to be a good series. And, you know, we could be looking at six, seven games again. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, look, we've got you know we've got our you know we've got our ace going today. I think Severino statistically, forget the game against you know Twins, that happened and it happened to more than just him. It happened through a lot of people, including Chris Sales. So I think you're well, looking you at probably. Earlier. I don't know if you heard. I gave you props hmm. earlier for, for for calling the Chris Sales second half, you know, struggle. I did. I, I gave you props earlier in the show for that. I was running around, Anthony. I was running around playing basketball, trying to stay young. <laughs> yeah, but thanks, right. yeah, but I, thanks, I, I, I gave you props. I, I gave you a shout out for that. So I think I, I all jokes aside, I think we win today, and we even it up, and we go back to the stadium. Uh, and I think it was Allen. You know, the one thing you notice about Yankee Stadium this year is take the corporate seats out of this game, baby, and let's start making the stadium loud like it used to be. Because mm. when Yankee Stadium rocks, you got 48 people from New York screaming and yelling, and it gets pretty loud. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, it seems like we had all those corporate seats for a couple of years. It didn't have that same aura, right? It just didn't have that. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and I, I, I agree with you with Judge, and I agree with you with Sanchez, but you know who else we need to step up a little bit here? We need Castro. He's a little quiet right now. We need a couple of key base hits from him. We really do. Yeah. Yeah, listen, and, you know, Gardner's playing better now, you know, since that at-bat he had in that, that huge at-bat to give yeah. them the two insurance runs. I mean, that was, you know, a huge at-bat against Cleveland, against, uh, you know, in the ninth inning to give them a 5-2 lead. So, you know, it looks like Gardner's definitely turned the corner. You know, I knew when Ellsbury was up in the ninth inning, that game was over. Ellsbury, he shouldn't even be on the roster. I mean, that's how, you know, I, I Ellsbury's giving them absolutely nothing at this point, you know. So, so. So, so, so two things. I would say that as a baseball fan, as a pure baseball fan, I think a couple of things you take away from the fifth game, again, in my opinion. I think one, and I know, and guys, just to be before, I'm a Yankee fan, so, but, and I know everybody loves Jeter as skills, as skills go. TD's as good, if not better, period. I mean, I know he's got a long time. He's got many years to do it. Talking about skills as a player. Um and I think the other thing you take away is that we're not getting anything out of our DH rule right now, to your point. You know, we're just not getting anything there. We had, you know, Holiday. He had three week at-bats last night. We tried to come up with Ellsbury. Who do you play today? We need a lefty in the lineup. Who are, you gonna, who are we going to put in that slot? Yeah, that's the question, right? I mean, I, you know, 
they're probably going to put Ellsbury in. But they yes. could probably find, you know, it's a shame they can't because they need the outfield. If it was DH, they could have put Headley in, but they need the outfield, all right? So. Well, yeah, right. You're gonna. You're not gonna. You know, it's. I, I mean, you know, you can't, right? Because let's go again as a pure baseball fan. To your point, I think that Gardner's at bat in Game Five was as good as an at bat as you will see in baseball. He just battled and battled and battled, and we all know the adage, which is. The more pitches you see, the more likely you're going to get on to hit a base hit. And he did it. That was a fantastic yeah. at-bat. And he's swinging the bat really well, by the way, right now. Yeah, no, and he started off slow in that series, but he's picked it up. And you know what? He's one of your veteran guys. He's type. He's one of the guys you need, right? He's one of the guys you, you need to give you those at-bats because he's one of the veterans on the team, especially with, you know, the judges and the Sanchez's ain't hitting right now. You know, right. you need guys like Gardner to give you those grinded bats. You know, those are the bats that they get the pitch count up. They get they wear out the pitches. You know, the players get to see more pitches from the pitcher. It's just those are those are the type of those are championship at bats. That's what those are. You know? and, and that's and that's a good point, right? Because going into Game Five, we're talking, and I was texting Stevie P, saying the pitch count in that game was going up rapidly for the Indian starter. The other thing you take away from last night is that in a tight game, we only used green out of our bullpen. Yeah, we lost. They'll have coming back today. I'm telling you, I really like us today. We got Seve and we got our whole bullpen going. So with the exception of green, but I went to, I went to you pronounce his name. You know, we got Kaylee Robertson and Chapman. I would not I would not bring in Batantis right now. I just don't have any confidence in him, and I don't think he has confidence in himself. Yeah, Joe doesn't have confidence in him either. It's obvious. No. You know, he didn't even think to use him in game five. And even in the when he had Chapman in for the two innings, and Chapman, you know, when he walked the leadoff hitter and whatever, he got somebody going in the ninth. He had Canely up. He didn't even have Batantis up. Yeah. So he has no, yeah. no confidence in Batantis right now. No, and, and I and – I, and that trade is making Cashman look like a genius. Not that he isn't because of all the other trades, but those two pitchers and Frazier, obviously, also. But that was a that was a great trade for right now. Let's see what happens, obviously, five years from now. But that was a great trade. Alan, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to ask Sal, like, knowing what they did in the first, you know, in the series, go down two, come back and win it. How much do you think hinges on winning this game two? You know, the odds of repeating that again, they win game two, then you really feel confident they could take the series. I'm really, I'll tell you what, I'm confident. I, I, I mean this, I'm confident either way. Don't get me wrong, I think you're throwing your best today. So it's a nice win. But the one thing about the Yankees, and what's exciting to watch both as a Yankee fan, I think as a pure baseball fan, and what makes them dangerous is you got a bunch of young kids who are genuinely having fun and, more importantly, genuinely like each other. And you could see the way they pull for each other. And I think mm. that chemistry gives the team confidence in, hey, we were down 0-2 to a team that won 103. If we go down 0-2, it's okay. We're going home. And let's just take, again, the mantra, one game at a time. 
so it would be nice to win, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to count them out if we lose because CC pitched well. We still have the bullpen behind us. The only thing I don't like right now is you know our fourth starter will be Sonny Gray. So we'll see what happens. But they're young. They're dangerous. They're a dangerous team because they're young and they're having fun. Yeah, that is what makes the team dangerous. I, I kind of feel if they do split it that they're a dangerous home team. Oh, that yeah. That their confidence level is just going to soar. I know, will as say that. having their backs to the wall. If we away and we come back and we win two and we go back to Houston for six and seven, put it in the book. The Yankees are going to win the series. They're not losing two games to Houston. They're not. I really believe that because of the confidence factor they will have in themselves. Well, you've, seen it, you've, you've seen it in the last round when they fell behind 2 nothing and they came home and the crowd was crazy. You could see their confidence go up at home. Yeah. You know, they're loose, right? They have nothing to lose. It's very different when you have a better team out there that almost, like, has to win. I think that's the team that if they get into a 2-0 hole has more of a tendency to get tight than a team that's young and loose, and they realize, hey, we don't have anything to lose. It's nice if we win and we want to win, but, hey, we're playing with house money. Let's just go out and have a good time and let's compete. Well, I think Cleveland was clearly tight in game five. You could see it. Absolutely, Anthony. Absolutely. That's my point, yes. I mean, if you watch those first few innings, those first few innings against Sebastia, they were late on their eighty-eight mile an hour pitch. I mean, they just looked they looked they looked really tight in that in that game for sure. And then uh, you know, that's not that's not underestimate how big of an out that was when Robinson came in and got that double play after the four straight hits made it three to two. That was a huge play in that game. Oh, that 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 arguably could Robinson and Chat's job that they Four and two, four and two thirds scoreless innings out of the pen that night. That was huge from them too. Yes. So we'll see. We'll let we'll let the dice roll. We'll take our chances today. We're we'll be loose and ready to go. That I can that I can tell you. Well, hopefully next weekend we'll be talking about a game six next Saturday night, or 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 Yankees win already. Either or. Yeah, you got to remind me. I'll be calling in from South Carolina, but if we're going to a game six and seven, I'll be calling in for sure. And next week is my basketball preview, so you have to try to call in anyway because you're my basketball guy too. Yeah, I've been accused of being a little bit of a sports fan. You see, did you see yesterday that uh, Cleveland uh, and the Hawks made a little trade? Yeah, I'm not sure what the purpose was. It was a little odd, right? Well, well, Cleveland, with Cleveland's point, they saved $12.8 million against the luxury tax. And the Hawks, who had the cap space, because they cut both players, I think, the Hawks. So they definitely cut Jefferson. The Hawks got two second rounders to do them a favor, I guess. But they had the cap space, so the Hawks accumulated assets. And Cleveland, you know, saved money under the tax. Plus, Cleveland threw them cash, too, so... I guess, you know, the win, 
they both got something out of it. You know, I, I think Michael Jordan has a point. You know, if you're going to start creating these super teams, you got 28 teams that are playing for nothing. So, yes. you know, you know, the people were saying, well, what about this team before? And they were saying, well, you know, what about the old Lakers? What about the old Celtics? What about Chicago? But those teams, it was a very different era back then, to be fair. It was trades and not so much free agency and paying guys either $40 million or paying them the minimum. Like, think about what happened in Cleveland when you have Jeff Green signs the minimum. Dwayne Wade signs the minimum. Like, really, guys, like, come on. Like, I get it. I get it. If you want to play, you know, for a championship, but really, like, just make it competitive. Roll the ball out there. Let's play some basketball because it's so obvious everyone's chasing the Warriors. And I'm just not a big fan of, you know, free agents and moving people around. And I'm just not a big – I'm not a big fan of it personally. Yeah, especially, like you said, guys just going to teams – you know, basically for nothing, just to chase the ring and stuff, right? I mean, you know. Right. I mean, seriously, like, I get it. But yeah, that, that's that's not even the purpose of free agency, right? It's to get paid more. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know. Undermining and I get it. it. And I get it, right? I guess Wade got released, so he still gets 17. He can make three, but he can sign for one. So he signs for one to play with LeBron. Okay, so I got to go. Look, Cleveland, have your fun. You have another year or two. You got Wade and you got Rose and you got Isaiah Thomas. So you got a year or two, and then you're going to see changing of the guard. I'm going to keep saying it. You got, you know, I'm a Celtic fan. You got the Celtics out there, you know, lurking you know, to, to pounce, and we'll see what happens because we're very young. I know the Philadelphia fans out there are, you know, basically drooling because of Embiid, and, you know, I, I think the guy who is surprising is, you know, let's see what Ben Simmons is, does this year because, to be fair to him, he's like a forgotten commodity. But, guys, just what is, he, what is he, 250 pounds? He's 6'10", 250 pounds. I don't know if he could shoot, but Philadelphia, you signed Envy to $150 million. The guy played 50 games in four years. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that was a crazy contract, I think. Yeah. And I've heard conflicting things. I heard that it's, you know, loaded with contingencies if he gets hurt, and I heard that it's not. So I don't know what it is. But to give a guy a $140 million contract when he played, I think, 50 games in two years and has arguably a recurring injury that has ended the careers of many, including a guy named Sam Bowie, who was chosen before Michael Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, and you sign him for that kind of money. Like, is this really what we're doing? Yeah, it's insane. It really is. It's amazing so, how uh, the money these guys are making now. You know, and I think a lot of the young guys are going to come and they're going to have good years. I think you see a lot of, uh, you know, the rookies who are going to be, whether it's, you know, 
the guy on Philadelphia, whether it's Ball, whether it's Tatum, whether it's Dennis Smith, whether it's you know whoever. I think there's well, you know, a lot I said of on the show that I think the Knicks are going to rule the day that they didn't take Dennis Smith and they took this kid from France over him. They're going to rule that day that they didn't take Dennis Smith the next. That was a bad I, move. I could not agree with you more because, uh, again, if I were a Knicks fan looking in, I would be okay having Porzingis with Herman Gomez, I think the guy's name is. Uh, Hardaway yeah. and and Dennis Smith as a think about that. That's a really young team, and you'll probably get a good draft pick. I think they would have been better off. This kid from France. I don't know. I guess I'm not a big I'm not a big believer in most overseas players personally. Smith has star potential. You can't pass on a star potential guy like that. And, you know, yeah, talking about ball, you were talking about ball. I'm going to be doing my football with my man Pete in a couple of minutes, and he's a big Laker fan. So I know he's, you know, look, probably looking forward to the season. <clears throat> and what, what's your take on ball through the preseason? Well, before I get to ball, I will say this. I think that, again, in my opinion, I think Westbrook signing and George saying it makes my decision easier. I think the L.A. fans were just so far ahead of themselves personally and saying, oh, we're going to get George and we're going to get LeBron. You're not getting either one of them. So I think you have – look, I think Ball's going to be – Well, you could get LeBron. Player. You never know. I, again, I personally, I just don't see it because I think that that team, even with LeBron, has a lot of growing pains, right? You're going to put Ball out there. I mean, who else do you have? You've got Randall. I mean, I, I I don't know. Well, Ingram, they got good young players. I like the Lakers team. I actually think the Lakers are going to be a team that could battle for a playoff spot this year. Okay. You know, bottom, not not one of the top teams, but I could see them going for seven, eight seed this year. So I think the Lakers are going to become a destination that some big free agent's going to want to go there after this year. And I think. You know, and I think so. I think they're going to be able to land a big fish. Not saying it's going to be LeBron, but they're going to be able to land a big fish, whether it's free agency or through a sign and trade or something. I could definitely see them doing something big after the Seattle Lakers. But don't you think it depends on where that free agent is in their career? Meaning that if you're up in age and you don't see yourself having a five year horizon. What are you really doing? And that's why I'm saying, how old is how old is LeBron? Is LeBron 32 now, 33? Yeah, but what happens also if Oklahoma City just has a bad year, or if guys get hurt, or something happens, you know, you know, and things don't go right there? Maybe George decides to leave. You never know, right? Well, maybe his heart no. is in LA so much that he wants to go there. You never know that either, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and I agree. My point is that I think of LeBron, I want to say he's 32 or 33, if I'm not mistaken. If he looks and he's saying, okay, five years out before this team is in a position to take over Golden State, because I think Golden State is heads and shoulders, and I think they're obviously well, yeah. take it tells you. So, I mean, you got to look at it. Again, the same way I always looked at a Celtic team, you know, not necessarily having to win today. I look at the five years out. And, you know, the Warriors are a young team. Five years out is probably what you're looking at. 
I, I don't know what you're going to get. Now, if you tell me that LeBron goes to a team that's on the cusp of actually pushing themselves over the edge, that I could say. But we'll see. I mean, look, Cleveland got, Cleveland's got a very good team. Yeah, they're deep. Well, you know what it is? Like, everybody always – that's the thing with the NBA. People are always thinking a year or two down the road in the NBA. Let's just enjoy the season we got now first, and then we'll worry about free agency next July, right? Ever since, yeah. like, in the NBA, everybody's always talking, in two years, this guy's a free agent. This three years, this guy's going here. Like, let's enjoy what we got now, and let's see if anybody could shock Golden State and knock them off the perks this year, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think Oklahoma City is formidable. Um, you know, what surprises me is all the talk about Aldridge being on the trading block. Yeah. Well, I think there's something going on in the locker room there with Aldridge and Popovich. Supposedly they settled it, but I think I think Aldridge has issues with his teammates. I think it's more more to it than than just his play. I think it's more in the locker room with him. Yeah, and it just seems like they're all over. And, again, I, I'm not familiar with this contract. It's like extension, trade, does he wait a year? It just seems like this guy, since he went there, has really fallen down for some reason. Again, you have to fit into Poppy's, you know, he's got a certain system. You've got to be able to fit into that system. And Aldridge just doesn't seem to be able to do that for whatever reason it is. Yeah, it's weird. Could you imagine you, LeBron you know, on that team? San Antonio got a good team too. Yeah, imagine LeBron could go there. That gets another spot. You never know. So him, him, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think Patty Mills is still there. If I'm not mistaken, and Aldridge. That's a, not a bad. That's not a bad lineup. You know what? Cleveland can end up winning it all this year, and then LeBron can end up staying in Cleveland. So you never know. That's the crazy part of it. You just never know. So we'll see. I think the West is going to be. Uh, I think the West is going to be very good. Denver, I think, is going to have a good season. So a lot, of, lot, a lot of, a lot of good teams yeah. out there. So yeah, next well, next Ted, week we'll definitely we'll break it down a little more next week for sure. When you know when we do the NBA preview. Did you talk about the Steelers and Alan schizophrenic Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL or no? <laughs> oh, we're going to do that when Petey comes on. Petey's coming on in a minute, and then we're going to do that football with Pete. So, yeah, they, we're going to talk about the Steelers and impress uh, all over the NFL. We're going to get into the picks and everything. And, and before and before we get there, so I'll make a couple of comments, if you don't mind. So, one, I think this Ezekiel Elliott shit is just bullshit, period. Yeah, appeal, don't appeal, yes appeal, not appeal. Listen. For anybody out there who thinks otherwise, if there were any one of us listening to this program or any one of us who, God forbid, did what he did, we'd be in jail. So let's just be straight about it. Any man who touches a woman one time, not three times, and is 265 pounds and could literally beat the shit out of anyone listening to the show, I'm sorry, guys. You You belong in jail. A six-game suspension is a joke in the NFL. The only person who had any balls to stand up to it is Goodell when he said, here's what I'm going to do. The court could decide what they want. Jimmy Jones, you could decide what you want. You're out there worried about people kneeling. You got a guy in your team who beats the shit out of his girlfriend three times. How about doing the right thing and forgetting about standing up or not standing up for the flag 
and suspending this asshole. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry guys, I had to get that in. No, no, the league has yeah. been totally inconsistent on on the entire subject. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's really come on. By it, but you know, they they're not. The punishments aren't fitting the crime. There, there's a lot wrong there, and it's exactly what you're saying. It's terrible. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Look, we watched the video of, of a guy beat up a girl in an elevator, and they were debating it. Oh, did he see the video? Did he not see the video? Should he be suspended? I mean, he's not in football, but you had evidence, and they, the league still didn't really respond properly. They only got two games. So. And, and, this, and this will sound well, that's the crazy thing is he only got he only got two games for that, and Elliot got six games, which is crazy too. Though if he only got two, doesn't why make Elliot sense. Six, you know. But I, but here but, you know. but guys here here here's what I would say. Obviously, Ray Rice, uh, it, it, what he did was deplorable. Also, but I guess the thing with Ezekiel, and this is going to blow people's minds, Ray Rice and his fiance in an argument, punches her, knocks her out, drags her, and is on video. Gil Elliott, please, and if there's anybody out there who wants to correct me, and I'm happy if you do, this man beat his girlfriend three times in two weeks. So it's Ray Weiss three times in two weeks. And if I'm wrong, yeah, tell I, me. Like, it's, it's the cops coming to your house taking you out, you going back a week later, taking you out, and then you going back a week later and and then taking them out, taking you out again? Like, come on. Maybe that's how they got from two games to six games. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, it's what's crazy is all the politics now coming into football. You know, we take, we watch football and sports to get away from politics. And you know they made it. It's become a. It's become a joke at this point. That's why they're losing viewers and they're losing people. I brought Petey in with us still since the football. It shifted to football. I brought Pete into the conversation as well. How's it going, Pete? All's well, man. How you doing? How's everybody? All right. Hey, good morning. Yeah. So you know the whole political part of this has become ridiculous for football, in my opinion. And you know the other sports ain't doing it. It's just football doing it now. And you know. These guys, you know, now if Goodell makes everybody stand for the national anthem, it's going to get the players are going to start going crazy. Some players are saying they're going to quit the league. If not, like, you know, you're going to walk away from millions of dollars? Go for it. You know what I mean? Like, next man up. Next man up. You want to walk away? Next man up. Well, exactly. this is a, this, this is, uh, for those, for those who read ESPN, take, take five minutes. There's, an ex-Green Beret, ex-NFL player who wrote an article yesterday who basically talks about it. So, unfortunately, right now, we're not going to get political on Anthony's show, but we're in a, we, we, we've got a divided country, and unfortunately, I think we're arguing or debating about the wrong thing. These guys aren't protesting against the Army. We love our soldiers. We honor our soldiers. We respect our soldiers. I cannot say enough about in terms of respect that I have for somebody who goes overseas and fights not only for us and our freedom, but for people who they don't know sitting by their side and that's who they're fighting for, it speaks volumes about that type of individual. And it's not about our flag. We love our country. We've got the greatest country in the world, bar none. But 
we do have issues, and unfortunately, we've got political issues that are dividing our country. Read the article. It's actually a very good article by this, by this uh, Green Beret, uh, former NFLer and former Army officer. But let's, let, let's, let's cut off of the political and let's get to football. Now, obviously, Pete, Sal's a Packer fan, and you know Allen's a Steeler fan. Let's pretty quickly just talk about last week's Packers' big win over the Cowboys first. I mean, that was a huge win, obviously, for the Packers, and Rodgers did it again. I mean, right, Pete, what do you think of that game? I, I think it was one of the best games of the, the year so far. I mean, I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can't leave. You can't leave. You can't leave forty seconds on the clock. This guy's going to get the job done. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really while amazing. You're watching, like, while you're watching the game, you see I'm listening to Troy Aikman say, "Don't score now! Don't score now!" And I'm like, "What is this guy talking about?" And sure enough, they scored. They left. I think it was a little over a minute on the clock, and boom, 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 and the game's over. And Pete, you amazing. know what's amazing? He he did it, or he does it, without really right now. Although we may have found a nice running back, he he does it without really a a outstanding running back and an offensive line that has two guards playing at the tackle position. Although Belago was back last week. Yeah, yeah. and without his number one wide receiver, Jordy Nelson's on the sidelines the the whole, the whole drive, the, the last drive of the game. Yeah. Amazing. Doesn't matter. He he will make plays. He will hold on to the ball and he will find someone open when it comes time. It's amazing. When it's crunch time. And I'll tell you, no, give Devontae Adams, Adams. Yeah. Adams, give Devontae Adams some credit after that bad hit, that that cheap shot that knocked him out against the Bears. He comes back and you know, big performance in the game-winning touchdown. I mean, what a <laughs> got to give the guy a lot of credit, man. Not not only that, he went back to the huddle after Rodgers underthrew him and told him, "Throw it to me again, same pattern." You yeah, know, they went right back to the same play. Yeah, they went right back to the same play. And he called it. He wanted the ball. So, to your point, the kid, that tells you that that kid is a winner. Give me the ball. I want another shot at it. Put it up. I'll get it for you. And he does. Yeah. Rogers is just amazing, though. It really is. Like, there was no way he was going to underthrow that, that pass twice, you know. There was just no way. And, and Pete, Pete, what's wrong with the Steelers? Is Ben five interceptions? What's going on there? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's hard to figure it out. I mean, the five interceptions. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with Jacksonville too, because they're they're a team that you you can't. You know, are they good? Are they not good? Is it Pittsburgh not being playing well, or is it Jacksonville playing well? I mean. They blew him out, 30-9 here. and just I, I don't know. I, we're at the point of the season where I don't know whether it's Pittsburgh, you know, playing down to the opponent or Jacksonville making a statement, that being a statement game for Jacksonville. I mean, because their defense plays great one week and lays down the next week. I mean, it's it's just so hard to predict right now. Yeah, what, yeah, do you think about, what do you think about New England? New England, yeah. I mean, they're another one. I mean, they they looked on Thursday night. I mean, Thursday night against Tampa Bay, that you know that they couldn't block anybody. I mean, Tom Brady was under the rest the whole game, but you know what? They got it out. They won the game. They played zone. They went away from their man coverage. They played zone. They simplified their defense, and you know, and then there you go. New England wins another game. 
And he's taking a beat this year, Brady, right? Brady's taking a lot of pounding this year. Yeah, their, de- their, their defense, their offensive line, and Brady getting hit, I think, is the, the demise of New England this year. Yeah, I actually think that their personnel isn't bad on defense. I think their defense is going to – I actually like the signing of Gilmore and the trades they made, you know, the little signings they made. They're a little light at linebacker, so if, you know, if someone becomes available in the line, maybe they, that's a good spot for Navarro Bowman to play. I'm not sure about – you know, I'm not sure if that's uh, – he fits their system, but I, I actually like – I think they're weak on their linebackers, but their secondary I think is going to get better as the season goes along. Yeah, and Bowman getting released is big, right? I mean, a guy, a guy like that, that's the guy New England picks up and revitalizes his whole career there. I mean, that's, you know, we've seen that so many times through the years in New England. And, you know, we know Bowman's a great player when he's right, when he's healthy and stuff. So, you know, that that's a spot you're right to look forward to. But do, you think, do you think the Jets have any chance against New England tomorrow? No. No. No, I, I mean, I would like to. I would like to make a chance. I, I would like to, you know, to to make a point to say that the Jets, you know, just every time that New England sees the Jets, they, you know, they're a different team, and they, you know, Jets playing well. You know, Jets Jets have been playing well, but you know, is it a mirage? Or, you know, I, I just I, I don't see it. Okay. Um, thank you. And do you think it's Reality setting in for the Jets this week. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I mean the Jets. The Jets are going to be. Looks like they're going to be like a seven and nine, eight and eight team. The way they've been playing, you know, I don't know if that's that's good. You know, good good for the future of the franchise. But you know what? Every play, every coach, every every week, you know, they, their goal isn't to to look for the future. It's to win that. You know, win that play, win that game. You know, it's. It's what they do. So, and who would who would have ever thought at the beginning of the year, right? The Jets would be three and two, and the Giants would be zero and five, right? Hey, hey, Ann, I gotta hop off. I'm going to. Uh, I got a dentist appointment. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. All right, man. Sal, thanks, man. Thanks for calling. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. <laughs> Sal joining us, doing some football, baseball, and basketball. Good, good job. So, Pete, back to the Giants. So oh and five, huh? I mean tough loss last week. I mean they lost obviously Beckham for the year now, Marshall for the year, Shepard went down. I mean I mean the Giants now they're talking the number one picks in play for the Giants at this point, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean uh you lose your whole wide receiving uh four in one game, it's you know, it's tough. You know, they, the offensive line is you know, is a sieve. Uh, and uh Next thing you know, you're all five. People are questioning. You got guys uh, getting suspended. Uh, Kamadi getting suspended. Uh, you know, it looks yeah, like the team's falling apart. Now the coach, you know, obviously the coach has just about lost this team, I think. What do you think? I, I think the suspension, you know, is, you know, I think he did the right thing by suspending him. You know, you, you, uh, you know, maybe you get the attention of players that you weren't getting the attention of, but, uh, you know, I don't know what to say about the coach. I mean, uh, you know, coming into the season, he looked like he was gonna. He was a he was a, a riser in the coaching uh, coaching fraternity, and now he just doesn't. 
Giants usually don't make um, snap decisions on their coach, so I would I would, I would clearly expect them to, to not to fire him after a, one bad season. I would you know I would expect to see him there at the helm next year also. So um, you know uh, you just can't you just can't lose your team though. I mean if there's one thing that can get you fired is if you lose your team. And obviously, you know, they got so much other stuff going on. Obviously, it's more than just the coach. I mean, they have, their offensive line's terrible. Their defense ain't living up to expectations this year at all. And, uh, you know, obviously Beckham's, you know, all Beckham's, you know, stupid stuff he did. And then now he's out for the year. So, obviously, you know, that hurts them on the field as well. So, I don't know. I think the Giants, now, I don't, will they be bad enough for the top pick? Probably not. I mean, I still don't think they're as bad as San Francisco. Although San Francisco loses games every week, right? They like San Francisco is getting killed every week. But, you know, you, you would still think the Giants would find a way to win a couple of games at some point during the year, right? But who knows? Yeah. I guess, you know. Hey, Alan. Yep. Alan. I know, just you, I know you wanted to maybe just talk about the Steelers quick, too. Like, so what's your take on the Steelers' struggles with Ben so far as a Steelers fan? You know, I, what uh, Petey had said, it's actually it's like a little of both. The Steelers' offense, and, and you follow football, hasn't really clicked all season. It's They won some games, but they're not being what they should be. And Jacksonville's defense, I didn't realize this, they scored every single week. They're two, they have two corners that are really kind of shut down corners. Their defense is a lot better than anyone thinks. They, they've given up only 83 points, scored 139. I was concerned with the game, and I wasn't on the show last week, just because Jacksonville beat the crap out of the Ravens, and the Ravens and the Steelers. The Steelers are better than the Ravens this year, but they're similar type teams, and the NFL being kind of matchups, I was like, Jacksonville's going to give the Steelers a, a hard time. I didn't expect the score that happened. And Ben's five picks, you know, and that, that's his worst game. That's the most interceptions he's ever thrown. Two of them were pick sixes. Guy goes 2,200 passes without a pick six, throws two in a game, two batted balls. The last interception he just threw one up with time running out. But um, it was like a frustrated team. They, they were lifeless on offense, and they looked frustrated. And, and not what I would expect at this point. With Bell kind of coming along every week, it kind of expected the machine to kind of get going, but right now it's just Ben and Brown playing catch, and that's the offense. Brown's getting his yeah. five, ten catches a week, and the rest of the guys are running patterns and not getting open. And then it's even the point now where Ben's starting to question himself, right? Does he have it anymore? And you know stuff like yeah, that. that. That's that. not a good, That's that's what you don't want to hear. No, I, I got to tell you, that, that was the post-game interview, and they ran right up to him, and they said, oh, five interceptions, do you still have it? And he just turned and looked at the guy and said, you know, I don't know. I guess not. Like, it was a very sarcastic response from him, almost shocked to hear the question. And then the media kind of flew with it, you know, that he's not sure if he has it anymore. But if, if you see the interview, you know why he answered the way he answered. It was almost like, are you kidding me? One, you know, one bad game, you don't like go from good quarterback to horrible quarterback in one week, and you're horrible from now on. Yeah, and the worst thing is to do is stick a microphone in somebody's face after he throws five interceptions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they were. if you look at the score, and they got beat, but they were in the game at points where one or two plays could have turned it around, and it, it was just I, – I think they almost stopped believing in themselves, and the worst part was that Heinz Field. It was a home game, and that's what was 
shocking to me. They usually have an energy level that's way up, and they didn't. So I do think they've looked past Jackson a little bit, knowing KC's coming up. KC being 5-0 and and, and clearly the better of the two teams. But Jacksonville sitting in first place. They did beat the crap out of your division team, and they should have took them more serious. You know, yeah, I think no, they, I they could just play a B game and win, and that's not how the NFL works. But, Pete, do you think Pittsburgh has enough talent to turn this around? Like, we obviously know they have talent, but, you know, you see them turning this around? I can see them turning around, but this is a. If you look at this week's game, it's a tough game playing in Arrowhead. I mean, yeah, obviously sure this week's tough. Yeah, there's a, there's a real tough. They don't win this week. Yeah, I think even if they don't win this week, you just want to see a good performance and play a good close game, and I think you know that's something you can build off of right there. You know, if they go in there and get their tails kicked, like humiliated. And they're going to be in a little bit of a spiral and a little bit of a panic. Even three and three, the worst they can be is tied for the division at three and three. You know, well, that was what I was going to say. Nobody's run, at least nobody's running away with the division right now. Cincinnati's playing down. Is not isn't playing well. You get Baltimore is Baltimore, and you know you got Cleveland. And Browns are so, I mean, Yeah, so you 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 know you well they win or lose this week. They, they they still have a shot to win the division with a bunch of uh, division games coming up. Right, yeah. they haven't lost a game in their division, I don't think. Um, they they got a ways to go with their offense. It should be doing better. I, at some point, you got to question the, the offensive coordinator. You're sitting there with Brian Bell and Brown, and you don't seem to be getting going. All the blame to me is not on Ben. Ben's kind of been playing like Ben outside of the one game. But I'm watching receivers that aren't necessarily getting open, except for Brown. And expect, it was really highlighted in the Jacksonville game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brian, they were expecting big things out of Brian, right? They were expecting big things out of him, too. And they just haven't gotten it this year. You get suspended for a whole season, you're not going to come back exactly as you are. It's going to take a little time. He's going to have to, like, make some plays. You know, he's had a couple of plays where he didn't get under the ball, but Ben always overthrows the deep ball, and you have to know that. If you're the fast guy, you don't turn for the ball three times. You just keep running. You know, yeah. and that's the, the chemistry, the timing that he said. That even in an off day, he said him and Brown get in sync pretty quickly. He, he's going to have to develop that with the, with these other guys, like someone who hasn't played for a year. And uh, Gigi Smith seems to be the third receiver now, but he's a rookie and he's 20 years old, right? Youngest player in the league. Yeah, so you know, the, yeah, they need they need another guy to step up. Obviously, they need that second guy to step up, and they just yeah. You know, I'm also they not a fit. fan. They they run Bell in wide receiver slots quite a bit, and whenever they get in a little panic mode like Jacksonville, they take him out of the running back and they put him in wide receiver. And they're saying they might use Carnamore running and Bell more in the wide receiver. I'm like, he's one of the premier running backs in the league. You really want him catching five yard passes? I, I, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I get it, but that's like an outlet play. You know, you're into to pick up a blitzer, you bump, you run, you're open, you dump the running back the ball. To have him running that as a pattern, yeah, I, I don't know if Haley's really got the right idea there just because he can catch. You do have to wear a team out. You do have to pound the ball a little bit. I mean, winter's coming, and if you're not doing that in Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland and, and – Cincinnati, where they're all going to get bad weather, and you're trying to just throw the ball. You're not 
in Atlanta Stadium, you're not in the dome. They know the football conditions change in the next two months. Yeah, no, I agree. And you lose all the deception if you if you don't line them up in the backfield too. I mean, you know, right? You, the play you action takes all go out the window. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Steve, I'm a little frustrated about, like, with Haley. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you know a good game for a 350 yard, three touchdown passing game from Bannon, and everything will be forgotten, right? <laughs> and they move on. Yeah, yeah. Odd, odd as it is, if they go into KC and somehow pull this one off, it's all in the past, and they're sitting there at four and two. You just beat a five and zero team. You know, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a hard struggle to win. You know, I almost well, feel Kansas like they play a game with I mean, they went in the there and they lit up Houston's defense, who was supposedly one of the best in the league, right? I mean, they just went in there and lit them up last week. I mean, Hunt's right. been a fine with Kansas City, the running back, and it's just, he's been unbelievable for them. Alex Smith's playing as good as football as he ever played right now. You know, Tyree Kills is far, you know. So, Kelsey, obviously, they, I guess they got some injury concerns with him. Right, because he didn't play the whole second half last week, Kelsey. So, I, you know, but I think he's playing. Right, he's playing tomorrow, Pete, Kelsey. Have you heard anything on him? Yeah, I, he's a game-time decision. I expect him to play. The last time Kansas. Steelers played the Chiefs was the playoffs. Steelers eliminated them in Kansas City. I would expect KC to want a serious revenge game on that. It's going sure. to be very hard for Pittsburgh to come in there and win. They yeah, it was on an icy day, icy day in Kansas City. I remember it well. Yeah, right. It was, yeah. So the Steelers know they can go there and play, but I expect a highly motivated KC team. This is a huge statement for them to go six and zero. You know, and then Pittsburgh will be reeling a little bit, especially if they don't play a competitive game. If you play a competitive game and lose, you don't feel as bad. When you play, you lose the way you did to Jacksonville. They, if they do that two weeks in a row. You know, the organization will be a little shook up. Not over. Season's clearly not over because of the competition in the division, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and so I'll tell you, Steve, for as good as Kansas City's playing, obviously they are. They're probably the best right now, record-wise, obviously the best team in the league. But the Phillies, huh? Five and one, Philly, with another win over the Panthers on the road the other night. Philly's looking really strong, too, right now. There's a great win on the road. In, in in Carolina, and they gave Newton a lot of fits the other day, right? I mean, Newton was over, he was off target. He was watching him throw. He was a lot of his throws were off target. He's, he's it's almost like great. he sh- shot the ball. He, he, I don't like his motion yeah. right now. I mean, and the last couple of games before that, he started looking really good. Like he was starting to turn into you know. Back into the Cam Newton we all know, and then last week maybe it was the pressure from Philly, Philly's line too. Philly's line was really old and still a lot. You know, maybe he was, you know, he was throwing off his back foot a lot. But yeah, you're right. He, he seems like something in his delivery is off, right? Like there's something off with his delivery right now. So, and they hey, had no ground game the other night at all. Did the Giants go on six? I don't think the Giants are going to go into Denver and win this game, especially with no wide receivers. Yeah. I don't see. Yeah, they're not winning in Denver. You're not winning in Denver. 
that that's a rough start. Teams with rough start clearly then. I expected more out of the Raiders. You know, things have gone especially with Carr going down two and three. I think they can turn it around. It's really gonna depend on what the Chiefs and the Broncos they keep winning and it gets harder. You know, but you at least yeah, Raiders need to, to get healthy. I mean Carr obviously they need Carr in there. And Pete, what's wrong with yeah, Cooper? Their season's over. Cooper, it's over. Cooper's better than I'm telling. What's up with Cooper? I'm already Cooper this year. Bust. It was a bust. He didn't play well last year. He didn't play well this year either. He leads the league in drops. He leads the league in drops the last two seasons combined. Their defense is awful on third down. I mean, when they make a stop, if you're a Raider fan, you're always looking for the flag at the bottom of the screen because you know they're going to throw a fucking flag because that's what the NFL does, but... Now, forget about the flags. They have the thirtieth on third down, stopping teams on third down. That, that you want to frustrate a fan base. That's how you get a get a team in third and twelve and watch them get a fifteen yard play on third and twelve. Third and twelve. That's how you frustrate yeah. a fan base. Nothing more frustrating than that, for sure. I agree. That's it's frustrating. It's just. Oh, and that's how close you are Magic Mike was on earlier, and he took a shot at the Raiders. So Mikey Pom Poms, that's his new name, Mikey Pom Poms. I guess the I guess I guess the Bills aren't the eighty-five Bears. Well, we did say we said last week that Cincinnati was going to win that game. A rather easy win too. It made it look easy in the final score, but it was, it was easy. Yeah, I think Cincinnati blew some chances in that game to make it a bigger lead than they could have. But. Yeah, but he said, he said, Magic Mike said, but we'll see what happens when the Raiders come to Buffalo, he said today. Well, we'll see what happens. What's going to happen? One team's going to win, and one team's going to lose. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Guaranteed every week, every game, right? I guess now they're going 13 and 3 in Mikey Pom Pom's uh, little uh, imaginary world. Mikey Pom Poms, he's got the bye week this week with the Bills this well, week. Well, I think bad, he still predicted is, the Bills to win. How, how bad does Miami lose in Atlanta tomorrow? I think it can get really bad. Well, yeah, Miami's I think, defense has played well. Miami's defense has been the bright spot. But Cutler is really bad. I mean, you know. Yeah. I don't know how much further you can go with him and not put more in. I mean, the whole crowd was chanting, we want more last week during the game. I mean, that's how bad it got. And they won, but they won ugly. I mean, you know, without Mariota, they should have won the game a lot more easier than they won, you know. And, and they won because of their defense. And, and so their defense is playing very well. But, you know, Cutler's given them absolutely nothing. I mean, the guy, I mean, he had 20 yards passing at halftime last week. I mean, that's just, you know, I'm sorry, but that's unacceptable. As, you know, an NFL quarterback, you got to be, you know, it ain't like he don't have guys to throw the ball to. He has guys. He has players. You know, and they can't get a Jaya going. So I don't know what's going on with their offense. Their offense was supposed to be good this year. But you clearly see for anybody who was down on any Dolphins fans that were like, oh, you know, not big Tannehill guys, you really see the difference now because I'm sure everybody wants Tannehill back now because I know I do. (laughs) Yes, all of a sudden the check check down doesn't look so bad. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, those little, you know, the Tannehill behind center don't look bad because, you know what? And I, honestly, I think the team's better with Matt Moore right now. I really do. I, I would go to Moore. I think if Cutler struggles one more game, they, they have no choice. I know Gates has his loyalty, the Cutler, 
But, you know, how much can you go yeah. with this guy? Unless he turns it around, I don't know how much more you can go with this guy. And they're blaming everything else but him, it seems like. They're blaming the line. They're blaming the receivers for running the wrong route. They're not blaming the guy who's thrown off his back foot into double coverage interceptions. You know, they're not blaming him, though. Mm. You know? And Matt Moore's so, done well, no? Moore got them in the playoffs last year. And yeah, I'm not saying Moore's a great quarterback, but, you know, Moore, could, Moore has proven he can get you in the playoffs and Moore – you know what? Moore has guts. One thing he has is guts, and Cutler don't have any guts to go on the pier. Moore has guts. You know, that hit, remember that hit he took against the Steelers in the playoffs last year? The guy got off the plate. I mean, most yeah, guys exactly. were running, got carried off after that hit. Yeah, I, I thought he was a pretty solid quarterback. Pretty good, like the leadership and the game management. I, I think he had that. But, yeah, I, you know, we'll see. But I, honestly, that's for tomorrow. We were talking this about tomorrow. I think they're in a lot of trouble tomorrow. I think Atlanta coming off a loss at home and a bye week. Mm-hmm. I think I think you could see a throttling tomorrow in Atlanta. Actually, <laughs> I hope not. I hope I'm wrong, but you know, I think you could be set up for a bad one tomorrow for sure. So, but we'll see. You know, but yeah, and you know, I, we were talking about before the Jets in New England. I think, you know, obviously with Gronkowski coming back, these are the type of game that Brady comes out and throws four touchdowns in the first half and then and, and takes the Jets hard out of their chest early, right? What do you think on that one, Pete? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, every time every time the Jets play Brady, I mean, even though Rex Ryan's no longer there and that was the big, one of the big rivalries, I mean, yeah. Every time he sees the Jets, they, you know, you could you can mark it down three hundred over three hundred yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, probably won't get touched. Probably won't have to. Probably you're not going to see him under pressure. They'll figure it all out just because it's the Jets. Yeah. Listen, the bottom line. The bottom line is. The Jets are overachieved already. You know, the fans will be very happy. They're three and two. They won three in a row. But I don't think anybody here thinks the Jets are making the playoffs. And, you know, but, you know, I think if anything, they're hurting themselves as far as future draft pick here. It's funny because the year they're supposed to get the finally the top pick, maybe get a quarterback, it's the Giants who have a bad year. And the Giants now, they'll maybe the Giants will end up getting a future quarterback out of it the year the Jets should have, right? That's typical. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll say this. I'm not putting Sam Donald in the – I'm not one of these people who are putting Sam Donald in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he still has a lot to prove. And, if anything, I think his stock's gone down with the seasons he's had, season he's had so far. He brought a lot of interceptions. He's hasn't looked so great. So, I mean, there are other quarterbacks in the draft, but I'm not one of no, these I know. people. Donald hasn't looked good. I mean, but they're saying he's yeah. not even playing. He's coming out. He might not even come out, they said. Yeah, he's a, a redshirt sophomore. He's, he's only a sophomore. He, he could be – He'll realistically stay in school for another year or two if he wants, at least another year. So Mikey, Mikey, Mikey Pom Pom just text sent me a message. It's the dub Pete Mikey Pom Pom says, "I picked Bills eight and eight. How can the Raiders beat Bills when they've been losing like they have been?" Tell Mike to stick to wrestling. <laughs> I think he should stick to wrestling. Down. And uh, and Dudu, our, our man Dudu Brown texted me and called Cam Newton a fraud. You want to talk about fraud? The, the, the real fraud is, Brown is it. I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Hillary Manning's Hillary Manning's the real Ford of the NFL. Oh and five. How <laughs> could a giant fan whose team's zero and five call call the great Cam Newton a fraud? <laughs> Hillary Manning. <laughs> well, he's entitled. I mean, he felt he was entitled. Entitled. I mean, Hillary Manning. But yeah, no, listen. You know, Joe Dudu said Eli had two rings and Newton has none. Yeah, well, Eli also had a Hall of Fame coach. Look, look how good he is without a Hall of Fame coach. He's zero and five. That's what a Hall of Fame coach does for you. <laughs> true, true that. Yeah. What about McAdoo's hair? Huh? McAdoo's got some hairstyle, right? Who's that? McAdoo. He's got some hairstyle, McAdoo. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. but all right, Dudu says Cam Newton choked. But you know what? I gotta say, more. I, I you gotta give more credit to Denver's defense for that one, though. I mean, Den- Von Miller was just a beast in that in that Super Bowl too. You know. Well, the NFL also let him get get him getting thrown around like a like a like a rag doll. A rag doll. Yeah. You know. Even the other night. Even the other night. NFL has had NFL has safety concerns for every quarterback in the league except the Shaquille O'Neal of uh, quarterbacks. He was taking a lot of bad hits the other night too. A couple of late hits too. They should be protecting their, their star guys like that, you know. It's the face of the league. You would think he would get the protection everybody else does. And, uh, yeah, and listen, he's clearly not right with the team. Listen, the team's still playing well, and they haven't got any run. I mean, McCaffrey's doing good out of the backfield, but they haven't gotten much from from him on you know on the ground. They're not getting no much running. I mean, Stewart's still getting most of the carries, but they're not even getting right. They're not even getting much from from uh, on the ground. Um, I don't care nothing about McCaffrey. He's a bum. The guy's averaging 2.6 yards a carry. The guy's not a running back, just like I said. He's it, with his name, right? What's that, what's that running back? Rexburg. Yeah, yeah, he's that type of guy, right? He's just a lot of guy, a lot of catches out of the backfield. He's Terry Kirby. Yeah, Terry, <laughs> Terry Kirby. Kirby. There you go. He's Terry Kirby. Hey, Alan. Yeah. Alan, I'm going to let you go. All right, yeah, John here for a while. Thanks for hanging in there with us, talking football and, and baseball. You know, and we did a lot today. With you you on for like an hour. I had John here for a long time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Thanks for thank you though for coming on. Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll keep listening and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Thank you, man. All right, have a good weekend, Alan. Doctor A, Alan, he was on for a while. I had him on there for a long time today. He, he does a great job, Alan. He's, he knows all different sports, which is good, too. All right, Pete, we're going to get into our week six picks now, okay? Let's, get it. let's, let's start sure? hammering through these picks now. So week six, obviously, I had Carolina the other night against Philly, so I got the loss there in that game. But, so did uh, I. Yeah, so me and you both had Carolina. I'll let you pick this first game. I mean, we're probably both going to pick the same on this game, but I'll let you Cleveland at Houston. Yeah, I'm going to take Houston because uh, they're playing Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more. Now, obviously, Houston got a big loss. Obviously, you know, no J.J. Watt for the year, so that's going to hurt. But they didn't have him last year either, and they made the playoffs, right? So, sure. you know, you know, Watson, 
Watson started off slow last week. He ended up having a good day for fantasy purposes, but far behind Houston last week. You know, but the Browns have allowed 11 passing touchdowns, tied to 29th in the NFL, so you would figure Watson's going to have a big game this week. And uh, I don't see any chance how Houston, I mean, how Houston just don't probably annihilate them this week, right? Yeah, you would think. Cleveland barely scores this week, probably. But I'll let you guys, that one, we kind of know that's a blowout, so we won't even spend that much time on it. You know, even though the Browns defense has played pretty well so far this year, but I, I just don't see them, you know, hanging in there. But I'll let you start off with this one, Detroit at New Orleans. Should be a good game. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Detroit com- coming off a loss last week. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like New Orleans because they're home and, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, you know, they lost last week. You know, uh, I I still think they're going to be a good team. I still think they're a, a playoff team. But, uh, you know, just, just there's some there's the NFL, you know, any 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 given week, you know, any team could win. But I'm gonna go with New Orleans in this game. I'm also a little more clear New Orleans without Adrian Peterson on the team, you know. <laughs> you know, to have uh, you know, more you know, their roles are more defined, you know, and uh you know, a little less pressure to get the ball to number twenty eight. Kamara's been a nice find for them, right? Out of the backfield for the Saints. And uh, you know yeah, they're coming off a bye. They're coming off a bye, right? They're coming yeah. off a nice bye. You know, it looks like Snead will be back as well. But I, I'm going to go Detroit. I think Detroit bounces back this week. I know the Lions have won three straight games against the Saints, including the past two seasons in New Orleans. And Stafford's had some big games against uh, the Saints in the past. But but you know he's banged up going into this game. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Detroit. I think Detroit gets this win. But I think it's definitely probably a shootout. I think you can probably expect a pretty high-scoring game there. And then we have uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, another tough game. Obviously, Bradford looks like he's out. Diggs is out. So I think i, I got to go with Green Bay in this game. I mean, obviously, with Diggs, Diggs is a big loss, obviously. And, you know, their defense has been great, especially at home, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I, I just don't see them not winning this game, especially with uh, Diggs out. What do you think? Yeah, no Diggs, no uh, Cook, no Bradford. Yeah. The defense, it's just so much a defense could do, especially when you got Aaron Rodgers on the other on the other on the other team. I'm gonna go with Green Bay here too. I think they win the game maybe by a touchdown. Maybe, you know, six, six, seven point win there. Probably not as high scoring as you used to with Green Bay. But, uh, you know, it's not going to be a back and forth. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of uh, Chicago at Baltimore? Um, I would like to pick Chicago here, but uh, I think Baltimore, I don't think they're a great team or anything, but, uh, you know, they're at home and, uh, just Chicago and the kid looks like Trubisky looks like he's going to be a decent player, but you know, not going to, I just don't see the weapons on Chicago, especially at the wide opposition and for them to be competitive right now. So yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore in this game. Especially on the road. I like Baltimore too. I mean, I don't see Chicago going on the road, you know, a couple of stats to Chicago's dead last in the NFL and turnover margin at minus nine. And they just don't have enough talent to win on offense. 
you know, I'm saying, you know, when the offense gives the ball away, they really don't have enough talent to win these games, you know, to come back and score a lot of points, you know. And the Baltimore on the other side is eighth in turnover ratio, and Baltimore is nine and zero at home against rookie quarterbacks under John Harbaugh, which is pretty an impressive stat. And you know, with with uh, Trubisky coming in, so I could see this type of game. I could see the Ravens not scoring much either in this game. So I think it's a, a week where Baltimore's defense could probably shine and, and completely shut them down at home and have one of those games. Right, then we have uh, New England at Jets. You know, we talked about this a little before, you know, obviously a lot before, uh, you know, and we both pretty much agree that New England's going to go in there and handle that Gronkowski's back. And uh, I just don't think the Jets are going to have enough firepower to stay with New England in a game like this. And I'm sure Belichick will have a game plan to completely shut them down. And I do agree with what you said before, that I don't think New England's defense is as bad as it's been playing. And I think like a guy like Belichick will shore things up. They do have you know good 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 players on the secondary especially. So I definitely see them at some point shoring the defense up. And they have. I mean they played good against Tampa Bay, the defense, right? So you know I I I, I agree with you there. I think their defense is turning it will turn it around. And you know too much Brady in this game for the Jets. I think obviously. So and then. Uh, I'll let you start with this one. I mean, we talked about this game a little before, but Miami at Atlanta, obviously, we I said, you know, I think this game's ugly. And, you know, you said you see, but what's like a, what would be your key for Miami to stay in this game? Like, what has to happen? Rajaya, would you say? Well, the, yeah, no, they they got to get the running game, but they they have to pick they have to pick something defensively to take away from Atlanta. Either that, whether that be take, shutting down the, the 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 running game, which is what I would do. I would, you know, I would, uh, I, I would ratchet up my defense and try and shut them down and make, um, make Atlanta a one-dimensional team just by passing the ball. And if you could do that, I mean, yeah, you have a shot to win the game. Make it any team one-dimensional, and then you could, uh, then you could, uh, you know, come up with, you know, come up with ways to put pressure on, uh, put, put pressure, put pressure on the quarterback, and then, uh, you know, and that would be my, my game plan. It would be to, to take away the running game. See what, which is I think I think that plays to Miami's uh to, to Miami's um strength there too. Yeah, you know, just look at that. So <clears throat> Miami's defense hasn't allowed more than twenty points in a game all year. They're fourth in the league, fourth toughest in the league, and only sixteen point eight points a game. But I do think that changes this week. And I think you have Julio Jones coming in without even a touchdown this year. I, I think this will be the game he may get multiple touchdowns. So I, I think uh, I just don't, you know, I would love to see Miami win, obviously, as a Dolphin fan. I just don't see it. I could see, like, the 20, 24 to, like, 10 type game this week because I don't think Miami's going to score much. So Cotler proves to me he can put points on the board. I, I don't have much confidence in him. So, <clears throat> you know. Maybe they'll bring Matt Moore in at some point this week. We'll see. But it don't seem like that's coming anytime soon. All right, San Francisco at Washington. I like, I'll like. i start this one. I like Washington at home this week. I think San Francisco's been losing a lot of tough games. They've lost nine consecutive games in Eastern time zones, you know, after last week's loss to Indianapolis. And I think this week Redskins coming off a bye. I think Cousins just comes out firing and, I don't think San Francisco has enough offense to stay with them. Plus, San Francisco has some issues. Obviously, Hyde 
was benched last week, um, so I don't know what's going on there. But, you know, I like Washington. What do you think? Yeah, I like Washington, too, coming up to buy, you know. And uh, the defenses look good. Jonathan Allen looks like he's getting better every week. And, uh, you know, Seth's just had, you know, a bunch of bunch of issues. You know, and they, plus they cut their defensive leader this week, uh, Val Bowman. And, you know, they've been keeping it close, but uh, – I don't know if they're going to keep this one close. I like Washington this one big. And then we have, uh, you can start this one, Tampa Bay at Arizona. It should be a good game in Arizona. <clears throat> Tampa Bay coming off a loss. What do you think this week? And the Eagles lost last week to the, I mean, the Cardinals lost to the Eagles last week as well. Yeah, I, I think Tampa Bay comes back, rebounds, and, uh, you know, wins this game on the road, you know. Arizona, you know, you you know, obviously they don't have the biggest home field advantage when they play play at home, and uh, you know, Carson Palmer th- has a ten- tendency to throw the ball to the wrong. You know, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've got to like if you're also you got to like what you see if you're a Tampa Bay fan, what you saw out of Doug Martin. You know, I just see him getting you know more and more touches, you know, playing more and more snaps, more bigger percentage, and uh, you know, and uh, bring a little more balance to the offense, and uh. You know that that Jacquez Rogers was doing so bad, but you know what? You got you, you got your, your you know your main guy back, and uh, you know got explosive guys on the out on the outside, and uh, I think Tampa Bay wins this game by uh, by not by nine points, somewhere from a touchdown to nine points, something like that. This game was tough for me. I think it's going to be a close game. I think uh, I think you know Arizona's you know. A secondary could give them problems. Chandler Jones, obviously, responsible for half of the Cardinal sacks this year. You know, the question is, what kind of offense can Arizona get? Can Palmer, you know, not throw the ball into into Tampa Bay's hands? You know, that like you said, that's the key to the game. And what does Peterson give them this week? Does he even play much? You know, obviously, he just got traded. So, you know, is he even going to get that many carries this week, the first week with the team? But, I mean, here's a team that's clearly, clearly missing – David Johnson, obviously his production, and uh, you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different here. I'm gonna go with Arizona to pull a, a little upset here, and be a little, go, go, go have a couple, have another little pick different me and you this week. So I'm gonna go with uh, Arizona to pull an upset in this one. Then we got uh, the Rams at Jacksonville, another really good game, intriguing game right here. You know, it's, it's an inter- this is an interesting matchup, in my opinion. I mean, you got the Rams who are coming in. The defense only allowed 22 points over the last six quarters against the Cowboys and the Seahawks, right? So, and Todd Gurley, you know, who's been having a really great year, scoring a lot of touchdowns as well. You know, and the Jaguars, believe it or not, at home have struggled at 9-28 and since the start of the 2012 season. And they've had no success against West Coast teams at home since 2011. They lost four in a row. So I'm going to actually pick the Rams to go on the road and get a win here. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I like, well, I, I'm going to go with Jacksonville simply because we can't, you know, I want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, all our picks to be the same. And uh, you know what? Uh, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team, Jacksonville. I actually think Blake Bortles is going to, be the X factor in this game. I think he's gonna have, he's gonna he's gonna have a, a decent game and uh you know Fournette's been uh you know he's played played uh spectacularly first uh five games of his career and I, I just think uh 
Jacksonville's, you know, their defense is gonna is gonna make uh, the Rams one dimensional. I mean, I, th- I think they're gonna force uh, Goff to, um, you know, to to, to be a one dimensional team and have him pass the ball a lot. And uh, you know, I, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. I'm gonna roll in my dice here with Jacksonville this game. Okay. And then uh, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. We were talking a lot about this. You know, talking about this with Allen a little while ago, and uh, you know, we, we did a lot of Steeler talking. I gotta be honest with you, I'm gonna pick a shocker here. I'm gonna pick Pittsburgh to go on the road and steal a game here. I think just Ben coming off five interceptions, he's gonna come out maybe play his best game of the year. Obviously, they have to shut down Hunt, or they're in a lot of trouble. But I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pick a shocker here. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean that's a good pick. I was thinking about Pittsburgh taking Pittsburgh, but. Just, I can't see Kansas City losing this game. Just, uh, you know, they're tough. It's it's a different animal when you're playing it out. They're just, just uh, it's a tough place to win, and it's a tough place to stay composed, and it's a, it's a really a tough place to, you know, if you want to if you want to audible and switch the play up, you just, you know, it's you, just, you see a lot of false starts. You see a lot of pre-snap penalties uh, for the road team, and. Uh, I just think it's just such a tough place to play. I, I just like Kansas City in this game. I like – how could you not like what you've seen out of Kansas City? They just, uh, you know, it's just look unstoppable on offense. And their defense, once they get ahead, they, uh, you know, they, they pin their ears back and they, they pressure the quarterback. So, I mean, if if Pittsburgh can keep it close early, yeah, they, I think they're going to have a chance. But Kansas City, instead of kicking field goals this year, they scored a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. So, I'm just going to stick with Kansas City in a good mojo. And I'll tell you, no pun intended with the mojo, right? But the the Kansas City did they've done their best work near the end of games. They've outscored their opponents by thirty nine points in the fourth quarter. So that's interesting. And Kareem Hunt's two hundred and ninety nine of his six hundred and two rushing yards has been in the fourth quarter, averaging eight point five yards per carry in the fourth quarter. So that's interesting. So Kansas City's closing games well, you know, so that's a key that'll be something to watch for in the fourth quarter. Right, we got the Chargers at your Raiders. What do you think of this game? The Raiders with Carr coming back. Is this the game they put it together and take out the Chargers? What do you think? Well, it's a must win. They don't win this game. The season's basically over. With uh, you know, week what are we week six in the NFL. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, hopefully the scumbag running back, you know, averages more than three point six yards per carry because that's you know that's what he averages. It seems like every time the guy scores a touchdown, uh. The whole NFL wants to celebrate, and it's all I see on the highlights. Meanwhile, they don't get that. They don't get down to it. This guy's averaging three point six yards a, a carry, and he's a scumbag, and he's basically ruined my team. He's putting himself in front of the team, and that, uh, you know what? Uh, if he if he if he wasn't from Oakland, and his name was a Marshawn Lynch or whatever, blah blah blah. Nobody would speak about him, and uh, it's about time they uh, play some defense too. Their defense has been awful, and. Uh, they don't get a couple. If they're not, if they're not in the plus category in turnovers. They're going to lose this game. But I'm going to say the Raiders uh, squeak this one out. Something like uh, 24 to 24. I'm going to say they're going to win something like 24-23 with a last second, last second win. Because that's what the Chargers do every week, except last yeah. week. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Raiders too. Chargers have lost four in a row to the Raiders. You know, in the last four meetings too, I, I think the Raiders put it together and beat them this week. I think Carr has a good game, but obviously, 
they have to keep the line Ingram and Bosa off for a car coming back from injury. You don't want to see him take too many hits, you know. But the Chargers, the Chargers who have the worst run defense in the NFL, allowing 161 yards a game. So, you know, this is a game, a game that obviously Lynch has been bust so far for them, but this is a game where could be a game for him to bust out if, you know, if they stick to the run and, you know, try to exploit the Chargers' deep, you know, run defense this week. So that'll be something interesting to watch. And obviously, the Chargers pulled out a nice win last week against the Giants, obviously. But I, you know, Eli took a beating last week too. But you know, I, the Raiders have one of the better offensive lines, so I would think the Raiders they know they have to protect Carr and they got to keep them off, you know, from getting hit. So I, I'd expect them to have a good game. I'm gonna give you another one here: the Giants at Denver. Well, I, I'm going with Denver here because the way that the way that you beat Denver is by running the ball, and the Giants can't run the ball despite what you saw last week against San Diego. As you said, the the, the rush defense is 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 awful, and uh, I mean if you're going to expose the one way you could expose Denver is by running the ball, and uh, I just don't see the Giants having you know having uh, the personnel to, to to win that type of game and. All the craziness going on, guys getting suspended, losing their whole wide receiver core. I mean, this is a game that can get ugly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got no no Manning, no Mar- I mean, no Beckham, no Marshall, no probably no Sterling Shepard, no Weston Richburg, the center. Paul Perkins is. I mean, I don't see. And now Cromartie obviously got suspended, so I don't see how. You know, Giants are in total disarray right now. Broncos have the league lead in run defense. I mean, they only let up 95 combined yards to Gordon, Elliott, and McCoy, and Lynch. 95 yards combined. You know, and that means Manning's going to have to throw. He got sacked five times by the Chargers last week. I expect the Broncos to put a lot of pressure on early and often. And another game where Manning's probably going to take a lot of punishment, you would think, you know. So, and then last but not least, Indianapolis at Tennessee on Monday night. What are, you, are you hearing anything on Mariota? Is there a chance he's playing in this game? You think? Oh, uh, I haven't got much. On, I haven't got much on uh, Mariota yet. I mean, I don't think it matters. Basically, uh, you got uh, Indianapolis uh, going to Tennessee. I, I, despite who's, no matter who's playing, I'm going to take Tennessee. I think they're. I think they're going to. They can expose. Uh, you know they can't expose uh, Indianapolis's defense in uh, multiple ways, whether it be running the ball or, or you know, passing the ball or you know, just uh, Indianapolis. Just is it, is there a more less nondescript game you can put on Monday Night Football than this game? Yeah, Indianapolis. Missing. It's an awful game. Well, I think originally they were hoping it was going to be Luck versus Mariota when they planned it. Obviously, you know, <laughs> but you know. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. So you got Jacoby Brissett versus, you know, <laughs> you know Matt Castle maybe. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> you know. But Marriott, I guess Marriott is a game time decision. But I agree. I think Tennessee will win this game no matter what. Just because they're home, they'll find a way to win this game. You know, I don't think the Colts go and go on the road and win a game like this. But you know, obviously both teams are hurt right now. So you know, like you said, it's really not. That appealing of a Monday night football game for sure, you know. So they better hope there's no playoff baseball on it. This game's probably gonna get no ratings at all on Monday night, but you know we'll see what happens there. 
So, all right, so picks are in. So we got a lot of the same picks, but we went to – I'll say the ones we went different. I took Detroit. You took New Orleans. Uh, let's see. I took Arizona. You took Tampa. I took the Rams. You took Jacksonville. I took Pittsburgh. You took Kansas City. So we got four picks. We went differently this week. So those are really the four picks that will stand out when we look at it next week as well. So, And then next week – We'll be talking to your Raiders play on Thursday night against Kansas City. Let's do a little quick talk about that game. Obviously, it's going to be a big game for the Raiders, especially if they could win this week, you know, 3-3, three and three, coming at home against Kansas City That you know, on a short week. That'll be a, uh, that should be a good game. But finally, a pretty, you know, I'll tell you, we've been getting some decent Thursday night games, though, right? You know, they weren't in the year. But, I mean, if you look back, you know, this last week obviously was a good game. You know, that Rams-San Francisco game a few weeks was good. The New England-Tampa game was good, right? And uh, Houston-Cincinnati game was good in the Kansas City-New England game. So you got you got some pretty decent, you know, the, the Chicago-Green Bay game wasn't that great. But, you know, but you got, you've been getting it. Then you have Kansas City and Oakland next week. So you got some pretty good uh, some pretty good Thursday night games this year. It's, the Monday night games have been the ones that haven't been that great, you know? I mean, Minnesota-Chicago last week. You know, the Dallas-Arizona game, Arizona which is struggling. You know, Detroit Giants, the Giants were struggling. So sometimes you see these games you don't realize, you know, then the teams don't turn out the way they're supposed to. And, you know, next week you got Washington-Philly, which is a decent. And Atlanta-New England on, third, on Sunday night, that should be a good game next Sunday night, Atlanta-New England. So Super Bowl rematch right there. So that, that's yeah. a good game. You know what? Good for ESPN. They they deserve all the stinkers that they can possibly get. That's it. The, the CNN of, uh, of of sports. Exactly. What you take? What would you take on the Peterson trade? What do you think? Actually, I didn't they gave him nothing for him. You know what they got to lose? You know, uh, still got the perfect fit for them. They did they. they you know, uh, Arizona likes to throw the ball out, obviously, to, to you know, to David Johnson. That's not really uh, Peterson's forte. He's really not, you know, really not a passing down back because he's not a great, uh, you know, blitz pickup guy either. But, uh, you know what, it's better, it has to be better than what it, than it was, you know. Uh, Chris Johnson wasn't doing anything. Anybody else they lined up back there wasn't too much. You know, I think, you know, it's still not a great offensive line. Run, you know, at least run blocking wise. You know, plus they put a party on uh, IR. He's probably out for the year. So, you know what? It's one of those moves that I think it's gonna probably going to be good for both team, both both parties. It's going to be good for New Orleans. It's going to be good for Arizona, and it's going to be good for Peterson too. So, you know, everyone's happy. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll get the carries he finally wants right now. So, and look at Tyler Eifert, another back surgery, huh? Unfortunate. This guy can't just stay healthy, right? Yeah. Is, is, is it over for him now? For who again? Eifert? Tyler Eifert, yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like he's having season-ending back surgery. I mean, it looks like his season's going to be over. But, you know, he's still, uh, you know, we'll see how he, how he is next year. He's got a lot of talent. You know, he's a pretty good Red zone target, but uh, you know, it looks like his season's probably going to come to an end. If it hasn't already, I I really haven't been paying much attention. And uh, NBA obviously coming this week. You know, your Lakers. How you feeling about your Lakers this year? 
I got to be honest with you. I have never been less enthusiastic about an NBA season than I am this year. It's not nothing to do with the Lakers. It's just I don't have no time for it. I mean, I I like football. I you know I there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Thursday games. You know, you, you got college football, NFL. I mean, I like hockey too. So it's really not a lot of time. You know, I you, you just got to pick your poison, and you know. I just not enthusiastic at all about about basketball at all. I I see it on the the exhibition games. I don't even have any. I have no I have no want to like to tune into the games. I really don't. It's just yeah, it's, no, it's boring. Team, with my team rebuilding. It's like I, you know. Well, the thing is with the NBA, which Sal mentioned earlier, what Michael Jordan said. It's like you got two or three really good teams, and the rest are just you know. You got playoff teams, but no, nobody's beating any of these top teams probably in the playoffs. So it's like you know who's you know you got these super teams, and that's it. it you know, it's it, it's kind of changed the game. It has, you know, it's it's you know. And for yeah, me, my team rebuilds. It might be yeah, a handful of teams this year. Yeah, and you have a handful of teams that get sixty-five to seventy-two wins. I mean, and and you have the rest of the teams, and it's you know, I, it's not what I want to watch. Nothing worse than watching a. A, a, a one seventeen to eighty five basketball game is just and a bunch of guys. You look at I saw a stat. The only reason I know this is I saw it on a stat. The um what was it the Oklahoma Thunder? They uh, every one of their superstars are isolation players. I mean, who's the rest of the team? You got three guys on the team that are all isolation. You got Camelo, uh, George, and uh, Westbrook. They're all isolation players. It's just yeah. is that fun? That's not exciting to watch. Yeah, Westbrook's got to have the ball in his hands, right? So, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, and also, I just want to tell you, I know tough loss for you last week with Oklahoma, right, with Iowa State. That was a tough one. At home, 38-31. Right? Yeah, That's disgusting. You can't lose yeah. that game at home. you got to win that game. Uh, I mean. They turned the ball over in the red zone, and they were shell-shocked after that. They turned the ball. They were about to make it. They were about to make it 35 to home. Um, the 13, they turned the ball over in the red zone, and then they were shell-shocked after that. So, how was that? Yeah, they were up 14-3 after the first quarter. You looked like they were on their way to another blowout, you know? Yeah. And then Clemson last night losing to Syracuse, right? You seen that? Clemson and, and Washington State. Both, and Washington both State, right? Lost. Both they, lost. They, uh, they, lost they, they got killed, Washington State, right? 37-3. to three. Yeah, it was an ugly game. The, the folk, the quarterback, turned the ball over six times, five interceptions and a fumble loss. So, wow. yeah, it's tough to yeah, tough to win when your, your your star quarterback turns the ball over six times. It was nice to see Miami beat Florida State last week. I thought they were going to lose at the end when Florida State scored. It was a great Luckily, game, too. Uh, it was up and down at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, it was a nice dramatic ending to that game. They needed that one. Nice to yeah. see them at least back in the mix, you know. They got they have a top five recruiting class coming in this year too so far. So it looks like yeah. they're going to. They got a big game today with Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. I mean, they're a tough team to play against because of the triple option. But uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of a lot of teams, you know, come off of big wins and then lose to Georgia Tech. You know, with that triple option, it's tough to defend. But uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, Miami has the the athletes to do it, and you know what? If they win this this game, they you know they have a have a clear shot here, and you know to to, to be in the to win the to win the conference. Right? You know, they're starting the conference, yeah. especially with Clemson's loss. 
you know, last week. Uh, that's huge. So, I mean, last night. So, that's huge. But we'll see. But college, like you said, college is in full swing. And you know what? Even a team like you with the with the Oklahoma losing and Clemson losing, that they're still alive. One loss is not end season. So, you know, yeah. if, you, if you win out, you know, it's better to lose now than at the end of the year. So, you know, but, yeah, I just you know. Just one game at a time right now. Right now, we, you know, after you're losing a game, you can't think too much. I had – we had Texas in the Red River shootout today at 3.30. And, uh, yeah, we'll see who goes. Yeah, like you said, one game at a time. That's all you can do at this point. So, great thing about college football is that every 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 game is, is important. I mean, there's nothing, yeah. there's, nothing more, there's nothing more you can hope for is to have every game mean something. And, you know, the way college football is, you got to win every game. So, I mean, it's, it becomes, you know, if you want to control your own destiny, you have to win every game. So that's the best thing I could say about a sport. And what do you feel? And uh, just one more thing with you. How do you, NHL season on the way? Anything standing out for you early in the NHL season? Well, it's a little early to, um, little early to, um, to predict what, you know, just to, to, you know, to manage in your mind what you see. And, uh, you know, you, you look at Colorado. Colorado looks like they're, uh, Maybe turning things around, and uh, you know, a lot of teams are, uh, you know, Chicago looks like they're going to be uh, explosive. Um, you know, other than that, you know, the Rangers don't look. Uh, you know, the one yeah, thing I like about they they got a all their defensemen were good, but they were all the same. They finally got a defenseman that's different, and uh, you know, I don't think Shatt, you know Shattenkirk he plays defense like a forward, but you know, he's different. He's different than what they have. You know they've had they've never had like a like a top power play quarterback and so that you know if you're a Ranger fan you got that to look look forward to and it looks like the Islanders are yeah. gonna suck suck this year again so that's sad and the Devils are off to a hot start right sure yeah like they lost last night for the first time so yeah like I said it's a little early though predict it's early though yeah it's very early yeah. And Ovechkin, Ovechkin, huh? Patrick, the first two games, he's got eight or nine goals already, right? I think he has nine goals, yeah. I think him and uh, he's got the uh, the pace that Bossy and Lemieux and uh, Gretzky had when they had the 50 and 50. You know, it's tough, tougher league nowadays, but uh, we'll see if he can, uh, you know, he's going to need He's a great goal scorer. We'll see if he can keep it up. I don't see him doing 50 well, goals in 50 games. goals and then get knocked out by Pittsburgh in the playoffs again, yeah. so. You know, it's like he's the Russian Joe, the Russian Joe Thornton. You know, it's just what you expect. There you go. All right, Pete. Well, thanks for coming on as always and doing a great job. And uh, you know, look forward to next week, week seven next week. We'll we'll be talking more for sure. All right, man. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Thank you, you too. TVV, my man, doing football. Great job as always with the NFL talk. And we got into some other stuff, college and some NHL and NBA with him at the end there. So good job, PDV. Great show today. Great. A lot of callers, a lot of interest, a lot of Yankee talk today. We did a lot of Yankees for almost the first two hours of the show was Yankees. So a lot of that. Great calls. You know, I want to thank everybody, Sal, Dr. A, Padman, Magic Mike, everybody who called in, obviously just with PDV doing the football. So great job. With everybody, great job to all the listeners. I cannot do it without you, of course. And uh, let's keep it going. Show number 82 coming next week. It's amazing. We're at 82 shows almost next week already. That's pretty crazy. So we've been rolling through with the show. It's been great. 
and uh, let's keep it going. Hopefully uh, next week we'll be talking some more playoff baseball. We'll probably be talking more Yankees-Astros. We'll be talking Yankees-Astros no matter what, but hopefully the series is still going on when we're talking. We'll be doing some NFL. going to do a little NBA predictions next week for the season. We'll talk NHL, college football, everything on this show as always. And uh, so thanks, everybody, again, and enjoy your weekend.